Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses and clover. And tell him that his lonesome nights are over. Sandman, I'm so alone. Don't have nobody to call my own. Please turn on your magic beam. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Good evening, and welcome to Nox Mente. Tonight's guest is author, seven-time author, Gordon Roop. Seven-time prime author, Gordon Roop. Gordon, welcome to the show. Oh, I was muted. I'm sorry. Gordon. Yo. <laughs> I reintroduced you. I'm sorry. You couldn't hear me. Oh, we're chatting in here in chat because you had to be quiet. All right, let's start over. <laughs> Tonight's guest is Gordon Rube, true crime author of over seven novels. Come, got a new one coming out. What did you say, next couple weeks? Next month? Yeah, next month. There you go. So, Gordon, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello, Gordon. It's good to meet you officially. Hello. on air <laughs> hello nish it is it is good to, good to not see you uh yes. I, i'm 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 glad I, i'm the only one who just has their name you know now i don't feel so you know because last time i was on this chat everyone had a camera but me yeah i'm always that one <laughs> and it, I, I was like you know so ghetto fabulous it was ridiculous solidarity brother solidarity ghetto fab i love it <laughs> Oh, you know what? I should ask. What's like the language on this show? Oh, we're 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 adult. Whatever you want, sister girl. Yeah, you okay. let it fly. Well, I you know I didn't know I didn't know. I mean, I I I don't know that we actually have a warning about that, but we don't censor people. And well, I'm known every once in a while to be a sailor, so. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're gonna be my new best friend. <laughs> That's my, besties line. Now. that's my line. That's, that's like my new my new favorite line. Oh yeah, Jerry. Oh yeah, I'm a, a, a guy I trained with two weeks ago. Whenever he was saying that to people when they told him good stuff, you're my new best friend. It was it was just really funny. <laughs> it's gonna be a meme. You should start working on your get your troll yeah, memes going on that. Dude, that dude owns it, Kenny. You own it. So, All right, well, let's let's get into Nox Mente, another episode. So, Gordon, give us a, an idea of, like, paint a picture of your early life, everything that, you know, is that sticks out from your earliest memories. And if there are dreams in there, that's also excellent. But we're kind of looking for stuff that may have, um, 
you know, form the young Gordon. So symbols. Oh, Gordon, oh man. Yes. You know, even early TV shows. Can, can what, I send a copy of this to my therapist, by the way? <laughs> yes, um, absolutely. It'll save you so much time in therapy. <laughs> I think it'll uh, help that you was out one here. of the requirements on the document that you signed before the show. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, I'm, I was, well, I was homeless for the better part of a decade. And uh, because of that, I, I've been diagnosed with PTSD. So, I'm, you know, um, but uh, let's see. Let's see. What, That's what, hard. Uh, PTSD is hard to deal with. I mean, well, you know, there's this bastard who lives next door to me uh, across the way. And he like, likes to chop his own firewood. And he does it at like 10 o'clock at night. Oh, man. And so I hear those noises and I jump out of my chair, you know. I'm yeah. Like, yes. Uh, you know. Um, Let's see. Formed young Gordon. Well, um, I was um, born. Uh, I, I was still born. Um, I had a twin brother. He didn't live. Um, Is this for real? That's for real. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'll, I, I've been clinically dead three times. <gasps> oh, I can't wait to dig into that. Okay. Thanks. Sorry, um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm just actually kind of thrilled to talk about that. Oh, no worries. No, a lot of it's. It's funny. A lot of people are. A lot of people are like, "Oh my God, that is so awesome." I'm like, yeah, yeah for you. <laughs> I know. Um, Stillborn, though, is extra. There's a lot there. I, I, was, I was born on Friday, September 13th. Oh, my goodness. You and, are. Are you the seventh child of the seventh, the seventh and, son? Uh, and uh, as I said, my twin died. Um, and uh, they didn't realize I was alive um, until Monday. Oh. Uh, and uh, one, it's it's lucky stroke. One of the nurses saw the body bag moving, <gasps> and uh, and so what they did to cover their ass was on the birth certificate it says September sixteenth. So your brother and you both came out stillborn. Yeah, and then you rose three days later, literally on a, on a Sunday. You're Jesus. <laughs> it's really it that's astonishing though was, in that a you Monday, but you know had a, a body Monday. bag experience i mean this is that's a really that if i were in a dream that would be a call to lucidity because it's so out of the normal and wild it's it's actually fantastical well it it's something that stuck with me yes um, because it was a matter of i wasn't told all this until i was about eight because that's when i was diagnosed with grand mal epilepsy and it was like well is there anything that could have caused this epilepsy and that's when it all came out that you know i was deprived of oxygen and i was stillborn and right a know, neurological thing and yeah so um and i have uh four forms of epilepsy um um let's see um i've had two heart attacks uh i had those before i was 30. wow and uh that was due to that was due to the fact that i got double dosed for my epilepsy medication for like two two days in a row and uh that's when i was that's when i was homeless um does epilepsy medication give you a speeded up cardiac experience in in excess it does oh, okay in excess because the medication was regulated by the shelter um i'm not going to say the name of it because i don't want to get sued but yeah. you know um 
But so they were like, well, no, take it. And I said, well, I've taken it already. Well, I have to watch you take it. You have to take it. Because when you're homeless, you just treat it like crap. Yeah, um, I know. Sadly, I, I used to get beat up by cops on a regular basis. So, you know, um, and, you know, so it's, you know, they made me they made me double dose for like two or three days. And then I had uh, my my doctor. My doctor now said it it wasn't a full on heart attack. She calls it a cardiac event. Yes. Um, yes. And then while I was in the hospital, I had one while I was like sitting there talking to the doctor. <sighs> um, and, and they're like the heart monitor just went crazy. And I'm like, what's going on? They're like, you're having a heart attack. And I'm like, what? Really? Uh, what? <laughs> oh, wow. <clears throat> did, were you having pain at that time with it? Or did no, it... I didn't even know I was having a heart attack. Why? That's why I hear it. So it's so, so creepy about heart attacks. Sometimes they just come on and then it's too late. And that was that, you know, and it was, the funny thing is that wasn't even one of the times I died. <laughs> yeah you you're walking the line it's it gives you um a particular edge this is gonna be a great show uh okay i i'm, I'm not sure to, um <laughs> a great show for us how about that you've yeah been dead, you've been dead so many times that's awesome what well <laughs> just see because you're you're walking the line you know you're 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 i call death the constant companion anyway and so just to you know, to be so close so many times and to have come in this way also. Well, what was going on in your childhood? Did you, were there shows you liked? Did you grow up in the woods or in a city? Um, I, I was born and raised uh, in Oakland, California. Okay. Um, I was one of like a handful of little white kids in the ghetto. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, that's how I, you know, you could take the boy out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the boy. I lived on Jackson Street in Oakland in the 80s. It was wild. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I was in I was yeah, and I'm white. And it was it was quite an experience as a girl, too. You know, a young girl. Well, you know, I'm really I'm really picky about my soul food. There's, you know, uh, and, you know, a lot of people are surprised. They're like, you eat. You eat collard greens and grits. Oh, and yes. I'm like, oh, yes. I'm like, if they're done right, yeah. Yes, delicious. I love soul food. Um, and let's see. Um, I, I was a big fan of uh, Creature Features. Um, yes. Uh, and I actually got to meet the creator of Creature Features, which was awesome. That's wonderful. Was, was that a WGM production? Creature Features? No, no, that was, that was, K that was a, a channel called KTVU back in Oakland. And it was Bob Wilkinson, and he created Creature Features in the seventies. Um, I remember it was on it was on GN. That's why I thought it was theirs. They must have syndicated. Yeah, well, he he actually he because uh, um, I, I I own a documentary uh, that they did on Creature Features, and he signed it. It was so awesome. Anyway, um, but uh, uh, you know he he pretty much wrote and produced it himself. So you know um but uh that was my thing is b movies and creature features and i like to read um yes. I, I pretty much read anything that was put in front of me um and that that had a a huge uh impact on my my imagination 
my pension. Was your were your reading habit? Did you prefer sci-fi and horror in your reading habits as well? In my reading habits, I, I didn't have any preference. If it so, was in if it was in print and you handed it to me, I would you'd read it. it. Oh, that's excellent. Nice. So, well, that rounds you out well. Well, it well it led to you know uh, it, it elevated me as far as my education goes because mm -hmm. um, I, I I graduated high school at sixteen. And I graduated college at 20. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, so it, 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 I, and I actually, I tried out for Jeopardy and I, I like, you got to go through three different rounds to be qualified for Jeopardy. And I got to the third round and totally choked. It was horrible. Your um, mother, Trebek. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got to do the Sean Connery laugh. The, oh, my gosh. Oh, nice goat, Trebek. Oh, yush, yush. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is like the best skit on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> that, that one in the, the, the cork soakers. You know, not... it takes a special skill to soak in the corks. Just oh, right. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, where were we? What was I saying? Um, we were getting you just your early background. Were you a dreamer when you were very young? Um, off and on, I would go through. I would go through like and like for a week solid. I would have tons and tons and tons of dreams, and then for like a week or two, I wouldn't have and or or I mean, wouldn't be able to remember them. I mean, everyone dreams. It's just a matter of being able to. Right, you know. and that's when I asked that. That's actually what I mean. Do you? Where you have an inactive dream life, where you have recall. Well, I, yeah, the, one of the the, you know, because I'm one of those people who has the reoccurring dreams, whether I want to or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my reoccurring dreams was I, I used to be a huge fan of the 1930s, 1940s horror films. Oh, me and, too. And one of the constant dreams that I had was that I was, um, you know, with the fan of the opera. And I would be, I would be reading a book, and he would come and stop me, and that's where the dream stops. Oh, interesting. And I, I had that. Uh, so the dream would be going on, and would in it, it wouldn't necessarily have anything to do with the mythos around the Phantom of the Opera, but he then he would show up, and the dream would stop. Yeah. Interesting. But did, did yeah. it stop in relation to how far you'd gotten through the book? No. Okay. No, right, I, right. Yeah. I thought you said that. Oh, never mind. It would just it would just be, you know, whatever as far as, you know, I don't even remember. He's a dick like that, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 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 How long did those and that so that's a reoccurring dream. How long did would you say that went on? Those those last maybe a year. How old would you guess yourself to be? Probably about five or six. Okay, nice. That's very young. Excellent. And, um, you know, I, for, for the longest time, I used to dream in black and white. Oh. And, um, and then when I hit about eight or nine, they, you know, they started to be, you know, in a mixture of black and white color. You know, uh, it was like <laughs> Ted Turner was taking over my dreams and colorizing everything. What may I ask? What if not your age, but what generation are you from? Uh, I'm 43. Um, okay, so I'm Did, Gen X. 
Yeah, I'm Gen X too. Did you so where did you have early besides watching old films, which would be the ones that are in black and white or in black and white, did you have a black and white TV at all very early on? Uh no, no. My my grandmother um had this zenith that was like the size of a couch. It was a piece of furniture. <laughs> I love those. Like, yeah. <laughs> And, I love those. And so, you know, it was the one where, like, if you move, you become the antenna, you know? <laughs> yes. And so that was, you know. Um, so that's an interesting switch. Do you, did you ever give any thought to why you may have gone from black and white to color dreams at a specific time? No, no, I have no idea. It was just something that kind of, you know, popped. You know, it was a, you know, because I... I was talking to my, you know, neurologist uh, because for some reason, every May, my grandma seizures go into overdrive. And she's like, well, did you have like a trauma in May or, you know, when you were a kid or did it? I'm like, no, there's, you know. <laughs> right. Trying nothing. to trying to land what could be behind it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, even when when you think there could be a connection, there's truly no real connection. Could Interesting. The, could be the tilt of the planet. Well, you know, a lot of people have suggested it had to do with the changing of the, the weather. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not the first time I heard that. I've heard that from other epileptics uh, where they say, you know, my, my seizures are focused in November or, you know, uh, you know, just whenever the changing of the, of the, you know. So it's directly related to the distance we are from the sun. Yeah, a lot of people have that. Um, you know, you go to, you know, when you go to like certain epilepsy sites or, you know, whatever, and they have the message boards and the forums that, you know, it's amazing how many, how many people's uh, seizure cycles are like synced, like literally, but, you know. I wonder how you would do in a Faraday cage during those times. What the hell is a Faraday cage? Something that would block the electromagnetic effects of the sun. Oh, oh, okay. See so if it's, you know, if it's electromagnetic effects that cause it to come on strong or if it's physical because of the distance or the, you know, the orientation of the earth versus the sun. I could see well, it being two different things or maybe both, you know. Well, back in my day, they called those isotanks. Yeah, but isotank won't stop the, you know, if a lightning bolt hits an isotank, you're probably going to get fried. Yeah, because of the metal and the water, yeah. But you could put a mesh around it and make it a Faraday cage, and lightning could hit it, and it would dissipate. Right, gotcha. Um, you know, it's interesting. I wonder. I'm just wondering, like, if you lived in a high rise, would you have no, different no, types of seizures? Or I, 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 I knew where you're going with that the minute you said if you lived in a high rise, because I've had people, <laughs> yeah. I've had people ask me that. Um, um. I lived, uh, when I lived in Atlanta, uh, in one of the places I lived, I lived on the, uh, what was it? Ninth, ninth floor. And, uh, you know, so, and it didn't change Jack. <laughs> so. I'm Do you have an increase in dreams around May when you're having these, this increase in seizures? No, no. Do you have a decrease in dreams? No. So everything's normal except the seizures. It's it's the more things change, the more they stay the same sort of. Right. Well, now that's normal because that's when you have more seizures. Yeah, it's you know, but I mean, what what you know, it, it's it's one of the things that that I constantly bring up in conversations, and people constantly get mad at me for it. 
was it's, you know, you, you have to put it into your own perspective, mm-hmm. you know, to see it through the, the eyes of the person or through the, the you know, the eyes of the, the genre or period or whatever, you know, because for me, seizure, I don't know how to live without a seizure. Right. Whereas most people go, I don't know how you live with it. And I say, well, I don't know how I live without it. Yeah. What's the context of your experience? Exactly. Yeah. So you were, so you had to switch from black and white to color dreams and you said that was about nine ish. Yeah. Nine ish. Yeah. And then, so when you started having color dreams, did, did, so was anything changing within the dream landscape or was it just the color switch was the sound or other tactile stuff switching? It was, it was just the color. That was pretty much the only thing that had changed that, you know, the context thereof was, you know, pretty much the same, you know, um, as far as, you know, whether they were nightmares or whether they were nonsensical, et cetera, et cetera. Are the, were the colors at that time when they first started coming on, were they super saturated? Were they, what was the quality of the color experience? Um, just regular. Um, like, like this? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like waking. So, yeah. I mean, so. I I have no explanation for it, um, but that was, you know, that was the 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 whole theme, so to speak, because and, it, it bled into color, you know, because it went from black and white to color and black and white, and then just to color. Interesting. I've never heard that. That's really great. I'm glad to be hearing new stuff always. Did you? And and so just to circle back around to. Um, the seizures, do you, when you're seizing, do you have, is there any recall of what's going on while you're seizing or do you, do you have any kind of experience? What's going, what happens for you when they happen? Well, let let, let me, let me uh, break it down real quick Um, because I have the grand mall seizures, uh, tonic clonic. I don't remember jack shit. So those are just blackouts. But where I have my, my full-on partials, um, I, you know, there are times where I hallucinate. There are times where uh, my personality changes. Uh, there are times where uh, my, my wife will be the first one to tell you. There are times where I'll have them, and I don't know who she is. Uh, and then there's other times that I have them that I revert to, like, a childlike personality. And oh, wow. Yeah, so... It, it really depends on the intensity of the partial, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and most of the time with the partials, I'll have them and I'll remember bits and pieces. I won't remember the whole thing. So it is dreamlike in the sense that, you know, you have that lingering, you know, uh, um, picture in your head. Yeah. And you go, okay, I know, I know that X, Y, Z happened, but for some reason I keep thinking about something, you know, so have you ever through a, in any of these seizures the um parcels i guess gone out of body and and witnessed events non-locally um kind of sort of um every night um when i go to bed the whole the whole i i guess you could say trigger for me to go to bed is i have a partial that's how that that kind of lets me know okay my body's ready to sleep oh wow 
And so with those out of body experiences have happened. And, and what are those, is there a generality with those or are they all quite different? Um, I, I've never had an out of body experience that was the same. Mm -hmm. um, so they're all quite unique as far as, you know, what the, the surroundings are, what the focal point is, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I guess, I mean, the quality of getting out of body. So besides the fact that they're related to this partial before you're going to bed, which also kind of sounds like it could tie into sleep paralysis, right? Um, no, no, it doesn't actually. Um, okay. A, a lot of epileptics uh, who have uh, full onset partials, uh, they have that where they, you know, they, they have it either before they go to bed or they have it when they wake up. Man, you've just given me a new line of inquiry to, to go down. I'm, I'm actually, um, I want to get more information on all this. The, uh, I find this fascinating. So uh, can we dive into these out-of-body experiences for a minute? Just so, a couple examples of, of maybe standout stuff that happened, what um, other beings you may have encountered, or just a couple standout experiences. Well, it's not like, you know, there's like, you know, beans and, you know, that I, that I could like say, oh yeah, I can identify this. I can identify that. Um, but you know, it's more like I'm just, um, I don't know, traveling, so to speak. Um, I, I sent you a link. Um, through I just Zoom. thanked you. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Thank you. Um, but, um, no, that, that's, you know, I'll tell you, I mean, I'll, you know, not to go off topic, but that really cheeses me off. Like every time I turn around, they reclassify my seizures. So initially I only had two different types of epilepsy. And if you go, if you're going like by the book, by today's standards, I have five different types, but only four are acknowledged. So figure that out. Mm, strange uh, yeah i'll never understand how all that gets parsed out it just seems like it always just seems like there's some sort of funding advantage somewhere um but uh, so can you give us um just maybe a couple, maybe a good example of an obe experience you've had just a general one well when when i was younger the the one that that happened the most uh well, you lived in Oakland, so you actually yes. might remember this. Uh, Lake Merritt. Mm -hmm. um, I used to. I used to always find myself just going to Lake Merritt. Wait, is Lake Merritt? By the. You there? Hello. Oh, okay. What'd you say? I, I, is I Lake Merritt? Is it by the zoo? No, it's uh, near downtown Oakland. Okay, yeah, it's been a long, I told you the years. Yeah, it's been a very long time. I remember Lake Merritt, we'd go around it. And, and so as a child, uh, you know, if, if and when I did have one, that's where I usually ended up. Oh, oh, that's interesting. And did it look different, OBE? Um, it, looked, it looked more clear than it did when you were actually physically there. It looked and, more, not as murky, I should say. Yeah. And would you, while you were OBE, would you be just experiencing general life going on around it, people doing what they're doing? And No, it was, it was always at night. There was never anyone there. 
Okay. Oh, interesting. That's um that's interesting. And so when you would come, so when you're out, OB, when you come, which was these OBs were sparked by a partial seizure before you go to sleep. Um when you would end up back in your body, was there ever a trigger how that happened? Were you in control of it? As far as getting back into your body and back um back. Oh uh no, it was just I I it was just like going for a walk. It's like I'd go to sleep, go to Lake Merritt and come <laughs> back and you know, that was it. It was, you know, um I mean because you're a kid, you don't realize that, you know, these things are, are, are not necessarily, you know, basic. Right. Um, Common. Yeah. Well, that's what's so spectacular about this is that this was your normal. And so you didn't have that whole idea of shutting it off, that this is strange or an anomaly of any type. And it sounds like you had no fear with it. Well, I, you know, and going back to, to, you know, my, my NDEs, you know, it, uh, it's, I, I don't, there's not a lot of things I'm afraid of. And I'm mm -hmm. not trying to, and I'm not trying to sound macho and I'm not trying to sound like, you know, yeah, I'm not afraid of anything. You know, I'm, it's not that it's just, you know, when, when you're an adult and you have a near death experience that kind of, it, it makes all the other fears go away because you're like, wow, mm -hmm. there's absolutely nothing to be afraid of. There is nothing anyone can do to me that, you know, could make things different. So. You know, I mean, I, that had a lot of uh, influence, I should say. Did you talk about these OBEs with people, your parents or your friends um, at the time? I, I didn't really think anything of them. I, so, so because I, they were that normal to you that it was just not even really worth mentioning. Right. It's like one of the, you know, you're not going to you're not going to be like, you know what? I, I tied my shoe today. Right. <laughs> and, and so I, I didn't really, because I thought everybody did it. You know, yeah. So yeah. What's the point of, you know, bringing it up, you know? Oh, it's really wonderful. It's, it's, it's quite unique. Okay. So have you, so kind of in this idea of um, altered states, have you, did you ever experiment with uh, psychotropics as a means of, messing with altered realities and altered states and all that no no because with with epilepsy you want to stay clear of all of that yeah i figured um you know a lot a lot of epileptics you know swear up and down by you know marijuana usage uh -huh. um you know but there's a handful of us that it just makes us have more seizures <laughs> so you know um not yeah. you know so it it doesn't work as well with me. So you know, because I tried it and it did not have good. <laughs> it was not happy. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, that's a good reason not to go further. <laughs> um, I mean, but in the same breath, you know, there's a lot of painkillers I can't, you know, take, and you know, I like, you know, I mean, one of the goofiest things about the medication I'm on, it's called Tegretol, and it's an anticonvulsant. Is uh, you you're not allowed to eat grapefruit. That's strange. For, is there what's the reasoning there? I have no bloody idea. Grapefruit has weird enzymes. Grapefruit or grapefruit juice. And so, yeah, the enzyme thing does kind of make sense, Jer. 
I just it like could it. mess with something. It's just weird. That's all. <laughs> just weird. What do you take with the UTI cranberry juice? Yeah. You can drink that, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Any kind of, I can, everything but grapefruit juice. Yeah. Sviet? Yeah. I, 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 uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Nish. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I didn't feel cut off. Did, are you type, are you, uh, RH negative by chance? Um, RH negative? Yeah, blood. It's a, yeah. I th I'm taking it. You don't know. It's just a blood type. There's like, a, I guess there's a lot of um, anomalous stuff with RH negative people. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. No, I'm O positive. Okay. That's the universal recipient. Yeah. Were one of your parents RH negative? Not to my knowledge. No, no. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I can't think any of my, anyone in my family who had. Because I'm, I'm pretty much the only medical oddity in my family. And, uh, yeah, see, and Adam, Adam knows he's the only one who can get away with calling me Gordy. So, <laughs> um, but, Did uh, he call you Gordy? Yeah, in the chat. In the chat. Oh, I, I don't look at the chat I, I, when we're going. And it's, so. and, and it's only one D, thank you. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, no, I, I, I had gone to parochial school and... Uh, you know, it, it was funny because I got kicked out for having, you know, epilepsy. <laughs> uh, and that really? was. And they were able to kick you out for having epilepsy? Well, keep in mind, this is the early 80s. There, yeah. wasn't, there wasn't, you know, any protocol legally uh, for a lot of people who were, you know, differently abled. Um, and so they could do that. Yes. You know, and, um, you know, I, I've actually. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, it's one of my points of pride that, that, you know, uh, one of the, the, the head sisters called me an abomination. Oh my God. That's terrible. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know? It's, I think it's, well, of course, no, I would come, I would also own it that way too, but it's still like, in the greater context of it all, it's, you know, it's so old school. Well, I mean, a, a friend of mine, you know, uh, had made me a meme. Uh, and, and, uh, I've seen it, I've seen it since, which is, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I think he ripped it off, but it said, um, something to the effect of is holy water supposed to boil when you're next to it. And then in parentheses, it says, I'm asking for a friend. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. And, and oh this, is, this is no joke. My, my neighbor, Orion, um, he has a bottle labeled holy water that he keeps in his car. And he, he says he keeps it there for when I act up. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> I mean, you know. Okay, I so. I think you um, have to re-bless that every so often. Yeah, it needs, you got to recharge, yeah. even, recharge even your even water. moonlight, that'll help. Well. <laughs> Not. It, it, your, your mortal weapons don't affect me. Uh, <laughs> you haven't met Wait, my pointy wooden oh, spike yet. D and D game now. Wait, are you so Gordon? Do you do the Monday night D and D with these guys? No, no, no. I actually have a life. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I almost that, spit my tea everywhere. That Jesus, it's not a. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry. It's not I, untrue. I, I had to get, <laughs> no I had to get that D and D dig in. I'm sorry. I had to. Oh lord. Um, we don't play D and D now. Call of Cthulhu. 
me, 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 me. Yeah, I don't have that. I, <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kidding. You know, uh, I, no, I've never really been into those kind of games. So I'm, 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 you know, I'm really into chess. I'm really into, you know, riddles, puzzles. Yeah, I like all that stuff too. I, I think that those role playing games seem fun, or, or you know, whatever you call those. I'm not well, sure. Role playing games. I would think yeah. that being an imaginative, creative author as you are, you would actually enjoy the experience. <laughs> see now he's baiting no i'm not uh, i'm not <laughs> people don't understand what the game's about a lot of people don't understand and well no but I, you're I, good I, friends with adam tarsus right and oh, he's adam, the, the, oh. the master dungeon master yeah adam, the master's fine a yes. adam adam and i are thick as thieves no <laughs> there's the uh, dog and uh but but uh no i i had friends who played it in high school and uh you know just couldn't get i just never could get into it you know whereas you know when it comes to you know you you put up a good chess game or you know um you, you know if you're able to you know present me a good riddle then you know yeah you can find an opponent anywhere yeah well i mean you know D D, you're gonna have to crawl in somebody's basement well i, well, I get for, it for for D D, it's more of a matter of you have to have an x amount of people and you know yeah and for me, I've, you know, I've never really truly been, you know, uh, a social butterfly, you know, uh, you know, with epilepsy and stuff, you know, you get treated a whole hell of a lot different, you know, and, um, you know, uh, so it's a matter of for a while, I didn't have any friends and I constantly got picked on and, you know, and, and so I had to find things that I could do that were, you know, on a solidary basis, you know, I, I didn't need anybody but me. And, you know, that's how it went down. What was, um, so, okay, let's move into kind of dream territory on into, into this segment. And, and I'm, the reason I'm saying that is, and one of the reasons I actually, even though it was a joke in a way, um, as set the DD too is because I can see how that would permeate through into the dream landscape, you know, and you would get some of that imagery and all that. But then also you, you know, you like uh, horror and sci-fi and all that. So I, I'm expecting some of that. But what is the general so nowadays, mm -hmm. your general dream landscape, what does that consist of so we know color and um so I'm, I'm wondering about like your experience of sound and tactile stuff touch um extrasensory stuff we consider in waking life extrasensory can you mind read there all that um so what uh, can i mind read is that what you just asked me right it, <laughs> either, do you have some extrasensory abilities well now? In them because some people their dream life really is almost identical to their waking life uh really I'll, well it's okay let, let let me let me answer that in section um as far as you know the extrasensory you know perceptions and and so on and so forth um you know i i don't care what anybody says uh, um you know when you have a near-death experience you bring something with you mm -hmm. and, yes 
and whether I can or cannot, I'm not going to comment on because that is, you know, something that I, I truly don't, you know, talk about. Um, what my dream landscape is like now, um, I, I constantly have nightmares. Um, I constantly, you know, I, I, I wake up screaming a lot. Um, I wake up in cold sweats a lot. Um, but a lot of that's due to, you know, my, when I was homeless and, you know. And the PTSD. And, yeah, because when, when I was home, I mean, we, we were, you know, as homeless people, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, you, you know, get a job and whatever. It's like, yeah, great. I got a job and I have money. And then the cops come and they beat the crap out of you and they take your money. Or, yeah. you know, um, I, I could, you know, I could tell tons of stories where, you know. At the shelter, they would like take your clothes and they'd hold them hostage. Well, you want your clothes back? You got to give me five bucks, you know, um, things of that nature. So it's, you know. So that stuff, that stuff is, is constantly kind of haunting you through your dreams as a way of um, that stuff still haunting you through your dreams and you're having these visceral experiences. Most definitely. Yeah. Did, was there, did it just creep up? How long have you not been homeless? Um, nine years. And so was there ever a lull in that or has it just, is it, has it resurfaced or has it been this way all along? It's been this way all along. Um, but you know, for, for the longest, you know, cause I'm, I'm an alcoholic. Um, you know, I, I don't use the term recovering alcoholic because that makes it seem like, you know, there's, there's a cure for it and there's mm -hmm. no, you know, um, but I haven't had a drink in over eight years. Oh, congratulations. Um, that's a, that's a feat. Well, it, it's, it, it was an, something that was necessary. Yeah. Um, I, I, so you got, after you became, after you were, after you got settled somehow and were not homeless a year later, you got on the wagon. Well, it was, it was a matter of it. I, I have, I, I, no one in my family is still alive. Everyone's dead, literally. Okay. Um, my father died three months before my mother did. Um, my grandfather, uh, you know, both my grandfathers, both my grandmothers, you know, that's uh, my sister, um, you know, and I found that it was a matter of, you know, because in almost every case, I was the executor of the will, <laughs> like literally. Um, and the best way for me to cope with it was at the bottom of a bottle. And that's, you know, part and parcel to what made me homeless. And oh, oh, so this, so these deaths, the succession of death with yeah. your family actually was how you ended up there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I was wondering, I didn't want to pry and I, you know, well, let, let me, let me state uh, not to cut you off, but there, you know, ask me anything. I mean, um, there are very few things that I don't talk about. Okay. Fair I'm enough. Very, I'm a very open person. You can ask Adam, um, you know, from the, from the conversations I've had with Jerry, I'm sure he knows that I'm a very open person. Um, you know, so definitely. 
just go ahead and ask is, you know, and if I don't want to answer it, I'll tell you, I don't want to answer. <laughs> I, yes. And I appreciate that. Um, I, I, I'm that way too. I, I throw it at me. And if I don't feel comfortable, yeah. I'll say it. Exactly. So, okay. So you have this series of traumas, not to mention going through seizures and all this, um, that led to your homelessness. Yeah. Which then brings us into you getting some sort of having some sort of did you have a catharsis what brought you out of homelessness um well i was in this was in georgia uh i was homeless i lived in the south for the better part of 20 25 years mm -hmm. and uh you know carpenter by trait uh i mean i when i say by trait i mean i was you know trained in it um my degree uh is in ancient history and there's not a lot of call for jobs with ancient history, you know, background. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'd, you know, I'd go to construction sites and do my job and get paid. And that was it, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, I, I still continue to do that while I was homeless. But it, you know, you can't save any money when you're getting robbed by the cops twice a week, you know. Right. I know this, that doesn't get covered enough i've heard it from other people too i don't even i, I don't want to go down the avenue because i will start ranting and i'm sure i could i would just derail this whole conversation but yeah it's terrible and it's people don't understand that kind of thing happens but but it wasn't uh necessarily a, a catharsis it was it was a matter of there was a job listing uh for um uh this woman in denver who needed someone to take care of her uh, in her final stages of cancer. Um, she needed someone to run errands for, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And uh, I responded to it, you know, sarcastically, you know, because um, I said, well, it's too bad I'm in Georgia. And she said, uh, you know, I will pay for you to get out here. Oh, okay. And, that's a lifeline. And, and that's, that's from Georgia to Colorado. Yeah. And so I moved to Denver and uh, I'd been working for about a month or so. And um, I was on a dating site. I know that sounds cheesy, but. And, Will you live in your life? <laughs> well, you know, uh, but uh, and so I went out with this girl and um, she said, look, you know, she's like, I want to go out with you, but. You know, at the same time, my son has, uh, you know, a, you know, thirteen-year-old son. Well, at the time, he was he wasn't thirteen. Uh, a birthday party to go to at Chuck E. Cheese, and I said, "So let's take a date at Chuck E. Cheese." And so our first date was at Chuck E. Cheese. Um, and, How fun! And so, <laughs> yeah, really, and we got along, and and you know, uh, and and we, you know, we got on well. And she gave me a ride back to Denver. Uh, and from Denver to Colorado Springs, it's about two hours, just to give you a context. Yeah, yeah. And on the way back, she had a car accident. <gasps> and uh, her car was completely totaled. Um, her son broke his arm. And she didn't have a scratch or a bruise on her. And she said she took that as a sign from the universe to be with me. Oh, that's... That's interesting. And um, and the woman that I was working for, you know, she's like, well, move in with her. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, like, you know, she said, no, move in. I said, but I'm working for you. She goes, you know, well, 
fine. You know, you're fired. <laughs> oh, wow. And, I mean, she wasn't. How was, long had you been working for this lady, whatever her name is? About three months, maybe four. Okay. And, uh, you know, I lived in the basement. And, uh-huh. you know, but, uh, but uh, you know, she wasn't mean about it. She was just like, look, you know, if the only way I can get you to be with her is, you know, you know, so. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's quite sweet. That well, she did that. It gets it gets a little bit deeper than that because um, I, I moved in with Kimmy, and um, a week later I found out the woman passed away. Uh, oh, so, wow. and so it was it, the timing of that. Wow. So it was kind of like you know that's when I agreed with Kimmy. I'm like maybe it was the universe talking, you know. Um, and we've been married uh, for almost nine years. Congratulations. That's really a great story. I love that. It's, it's kind of, it's, um, it's heartwarming, especially around, or I guess in the center of really dramatic stuff in your life. And a lot of stuff, a lot, you know, people on the outside would say, this is a lot of hard knocks. And so here's this great love story here in the middle. Well, I mean, you know, she, she keeps me grounded to, you know, and Adam can tell you, you know, she keeps me in check. I mean, I, I, I have an IQ of 162. And so I'm, you know, can be quite arrogant. <laughs> yes. And, and my wife will just be like, you know, put the brakes on it, honey. And I'm like, you know, yes, ma'am. <laughs> did you uh, so i want to talk about the lady that passed for a second um did you when she passed did you have any experiences with her in dreams did you did she no. show up anything no no that- okay so and on that note your other um people that you've known and obviously that's your family um, that you mentioned earlier that had passed, do they ever, had they ever shown up in your dream landscape? Anyone who's passed? Yeah. Well, in, in what context do you mean? Like Just they... any context in dream, in your dreams, have they shown up? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, dream about my parents all the time and, you know, um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously haven't forgotten them. Um, you know, uh, they were, uh, they, and, and my grandfather were ginormous influences on me. Um, you know, my, my grandfather gave me the, the best advice, uh, one could ever give to a child. Um, and he said, you know, you know, Gordon, cause he refused to call me Gordy. Um, a lot, <laughs> most, only family calls me Gordy and, and, and Adam. And well, who's that well, family at this point, I'm sure. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. I'm going to be yeah. calling you Gordy from now on. <laughs> <laughs> You've crossed a barrier with Jerry. Watch out. Um, but uh, it's, it's a matter of, you know, he said, he said, Gordon, I have one thing to ask of you, and that's to be a better man than I was. Oh. And, you know, I, I thought, you know, the world of my grandfather. So yeah. it, it's a matter of, you know, wow, how can I be better than you, you know? And after he passed, it made sense to me because it was like, as awesome as I think that he is and or was, you know, I'm the challenge he gave me wasn't to outdo him, but to add to it. Yes. Yes. And and I intend on telling the same thing to my son. 
you know, I intend on telling him to be a better man than I. And, you know, so. I love that as a, 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 a just in a matter of lineage. Well, I, I think it's, it's an excellent idiom to pass down. Yes, I agree. Um, because it, it's not saying, look, why don't you go ahead into the world and outdo me? It's saying, you know, take what I've taught you and add to it to teach, you know, your son and so on. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I, and, and that's what I try to do. You know, I, I try to, you know, I, I try to be better. And I try to, you know, take what he taught me and pass it on to others, and you know. And so he he shows up in your dreams from time to time. He's the only one I've never dreamed about. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, interesting. So, so for example, when your parents show up, what do you have an example for us of just any dream where they may have shown up? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, for the most part, uh, you know, the, the dreams they show up in are, are you know, and it, it's kind of like they only have a cameo, so to speak. It, I, I don't interact with them. It's, do you get emotional when you see them? No, no. Um, it, it's, you know, it's like they're in the here and now. So it's right. Not, so it's not even like they passed. It's just like you're a continuation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I um I really enjoy hearing that and that's one of the continuities that I it's a thread that I hear constantly is that aspect of with people who've passed in the dream landscape it's not it's usually a continuation and it's not like there's a sense that they didn't die because there they are yeah yeah that that's that's the kind of vibe that it is when um okay so in here we are back in the modern day with you and a lot of dream PTSD dreams. Will you, do you have a couple examples of how they play out? Like maybe more of the extreme, an extreme example. It, it's just reliving the beatings. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much all it is. Um, you know, and you know, that, I mean, there's nothing really, Aside from that, it's just... Do you not have control in these? Is that part of the fear? Well, I didn't have control then. Right, I mean? but the, so, I'm talking now in context to the dream, if there's been any, you've been able to gather a little through that state of... Um, well, it, it's it's more like, you know, it's it's not necessarily a dream as much as it is reliving things. Okay. It's like flashbacks almost. Yeah. So the experiences are really, um, really pretty much flashbacks. They're the actual experiences. You're just reliving them through the dream landscape. Exactly. So they're not morphing. Um, okay. So in, so aside from those dreams that are, um, that seem to plague you. And of course, that's what PTSD does. It's a very, you know, trauma is trauma and it's, it's, deep-seated um what other kinds of dreams do you have do you so give us more um i guess give us some dreams that aren't around your ptsd mm. wow um well let's hmm 
I'm trying to think of a good example, and it's really hard to. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I I have, you know, aside from my 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 you know PTSD dreams, I, I the dreams that I have are, are are me doing mundane things like you know, um, I was doing the dishes, and uh, you know, I had to answer the door or something, you know, just you know. There are things that haven't happened, but uh-huh. they're, you know, it's, it's odd. You know, um, I get a lot of ideas uh, for my books and my stories, and my dreams. I was, I was wondering that I, I, um, I also pull a lot of artistic inspiration from mine. And so I was wondering how much content actually does kind of come through your dream world. Um, well, it, it's, it's kind of hard to explain like like the whole the the book i wrote about abraham lincoln and john wilkes booth that that idea came from a dream um do you can you give us that dream well the the dream was i was sitting at a table drinking coffee with some man i didn't know and he and he kept going you know john wilkes booth he was framed and that's all he would say and then he got up and he and he walked out of the cafe and i, I woke up and you know i i try to keep a, you know my, my therapist likes me to keep a dream diary yeah that's and a good idea and for me for the most part i can remember the feeling i can't remember the actual dream mm-hmm. i don't know if that makes sense it totally does but uh and so i wrote it down and it had been bothering me that week so i went and i looked up some stuff and there, and I found that there was a a theory that says that John Wilkes Booth didn't die in the barn as reported, and so I delved deeper into that, and you know, I'm like, I've got to write about this, and so I did. So I find that fascinating. And had, had um, you recently seen uh, National Treasure? National. Oh God, that that piece of crap with uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Nick Cage, yeah. Nick Cage, Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. I, I always want to say Noah Wiley because he did he did a movie called National Treasure. You know, like the librarian. Like, yeah, Solomon's Temple, or yeah, the librarian. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Library yeah. Of Oh yes, <clears throat> yes. He'll always be an ER doctor to me. A bad one at that. <laughs> <laughs> I love your laugh, Gordon. <laughs> but uh, thank you. That's, that's you do have a good laugh. But that was that, the plot of National Treasure too. That, that John Wilkes Booth was innocent. That that's that's my least maniacal laugh. Oh. Um, <laughs> that's great. No, my 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 wife tells me I laugh like the Joker on steroids. Oh my! Um, I would enjoy that too. And, and I'm and I'm sure Adam can tell you because he'll be like, "Oh my God, you sound so evil just then." I love it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, it wasn't from that. No, it was just, you know, I was in some cafe that I I didn't recognize and I was talking to a man I didn't recognize and, you know, John Wilkes Booth was framed, you know, and that's all he said to me. And he said it like two or three times. And, uh, I wrote about it and, or, you know, or I, I wrote about the actual dream and then I looked into it and then I wrote the book. Did so this actually um this is a, a big interest for us is so 
do how much so we talk about downloads and dreams and getting information in dreams and bringing it forth um and so and you've just said that this this is definitely one of your creative wells um have you had anything come through that felt prophetic in a way that maybe you could see then play out in the landscape of waking life even personal stuff has not to be big gigantic world stuff well i've had yeah i mean i've had premonition in dream um and i've had that quite a lot um but you know i i one of my one of my friends uh you know uh she's you know really big into the whole paranormal and you know all that kind of thing and she's like it's because you've been dead and i'm like what <laughs> she goes you know dream yes. dream well and and it's and it's not a new theory i mean because you know the romans and the egyptians used to think that you know dreams were the the, the, the ways that gods communicated with you right you know and you know if, if you put you know, you know, if you well, they're nonsensical dreams. Well, the gods are testing you. You know, they're they're you know testing your knowledge. They're testing your you know, and uh, and her thing was well, you know, you've been dead, and the dream world is the closest you can come to death without dying, and blah 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 blah, and so. So, do you have an example of some of those of a premonition that played? It's like the dream, and then how it played out in in waking life. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, well, I, I, I dreamt about my father's death, and then he died a month later. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you mind sharing that dream? Well, to be honest, I, I don't remember that much about it. It was uh, all, I, all I remember from the dream was the phone ringing, me answering it, and my stepmother saying, you know, Gordy, your dad died. Now, you know that's pretty much the dream and that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, the only yeah. difference was in the dream, I was at home, but when it actually happened, I was uh, at, at work. So. That's a good, I, I've had that experience as well. And it's, um, it's interesting. Do you think in that experience, do you think it was, okay. My question, I guess here is, do you think it was your father with the communication or was it just the the fact that there was a ripple in, in your universe at that time and now he has passed and you, you picked it up through dream? Well, I see. I, it, How do you think that played out? For me, um, I'm, I'm first and foremost, you know, I mean, everybody, you know, jo and even Adam will joke about, you know, me being a Vulcan because I rely so much on logic. You know, I, I believe in the multiverse theory. Yes. And so with some dreams, I believe that they are just a peek into an alternate Earth. Uh, so with with premonition dreams, I think they, they happen just in a different timeline. Mm -hmm. And so you're just getting a, a peek into that timeline and people chalk it up to a premonition or a psychic vision etc cetera, etc cetera. so in an alternate timeline your father had died and you got the call and you tapped into that and then it coincided with this timeline well i mean i think events 
you know, you know, mere, you know, it's like a mere event. And so, you know, like I said, in the dream, I was at home. Yeah. But, right. But, you know, and so who's to say that in the alternate earth, I, you know, wasn't at home and got that call, but I got it sooner than I did in this timeline. So it was more like not necessarily a premonition, but it was a matter of a peek into alternate timeline. Do you, so on, on this, okay, so what are your thoughts on in waking life here and now, you as you are here and now? Uh, and so with all this, and we've kind of touched, we have touched on it, but I, I guess I want to dive further into it just for a second before we move into some of the, I want to hear about the other two times you died. Um, so ESP in this life. In your experience, do you experience it? How do you experience it? How do I experience? Do you experience ESP in waking life? Again, that—that's again, that's kind of something I'm kind of personal about. Um, as far as the whole ESP thing goes. Uh huh. Um. But um, you know, I I have. You know, I, I have had like uh, those kind of things, you know, in my life where it's, you know, like like uh, the best example that I give is, you know, um, you know, my, my grandmother's funeral, um, which was my my mother, you know, you, you know, at, at a ca classic Catholic funeral, it's a matter of, you know you know, as the family member, you thank everyone for coming and da, 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 da. And, uh, my mother had forgotten her purse, uh, behind the pulpit, you know, uh, and, uh, my dad went to go get it. And, uh, you know, you hear my dad, you know, scream bloody murder and mom runs in. She's like, you know, what the hell? And he's like, that bitch punched me. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom's like what you know and so they go into the restroom and he pulls his pants down and he's got a bruise from his knee to his hip like forming like my mother would tell the story she said you could see the bruise forming and who 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 was who punched him my dead grandmother Holy crap. That's cr wild. So did, what did he so? Okay. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Continue oh, with this. I oh, want to no. hear more of it. I was just going to say, cause she hated his guts. So, you know, she said the only thing he ever did right was me. Oh, wow. That's chilling. That is a great story. And I, I got one, I got one that'll make you like get goosebumps. Bring it on. Uh, my, my son, is seven years old. Um, my father died in 1999. Oh, that's when my mom died. And um, I was going through uh, some pictures uh, on the computer. Um, oh. And, you know, back, you know, backing up my files and stuff. And I come across a picture of my dad and my son goes, Grandpa! <gasps> oh. 
And my wife looked at me and like all the color from her face like drained. And I'm like, yep, welcome to the family. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. When was your son born? Uh, my son was born in 2010. And had he ever seen, he had never seen photos of his grandfather? No. No. Wow, that's that's really great. Did you, so when he did that, did you ask questions or was there any kind of anything around that besides your, you know, the idea that this is bizarre and fabulous? Well, I, we talked about it, you know, and it was like, well, you know, where do you, you know, how do you know that's grandpa? And he goes, he sings. Oh. <laughs> and and my father loved to sing and play guitar. Um, uh, he used to, you know, one of his favorite songs to play was Stairway to Heaven. Uh-huh. Uh, because he used to play that and he used to play the immigrant song. I don't know if you're familiar with that from, from Led Zeppelin. I I, uh, I know I, I am. am. <clears throat> I am. I love and, Led Zeppelin. It's just weird I don't know the that by name. And the funny thing about that song is it was in uh, one of the Thor movies. And uh, so we're watching the Thor movie and my son is singing along word for word. <laughs> and, wow. And I mentioned that to Kimmy and she was just like, yeah, tell your dad to like, you know, not come around when I'm around. <laughs> so this is actually a good a good moment to ask you about reincarnation what do you think about that mm, i think it's i definitely think it's possible and I, I mean never say never well beyond that that seems like a safe answer i mean do you have any well, any more skin in the game on that or is it just you're just open to it i'm i'm, I'm open to it i mean i i haven't necessarily you know I mean, I've, everyone's seen those videos on YouTube where they're like, you know, this kid's describing how life was in 1930 or, you know, whatever. And he's got a scar on his head where he was killed with an, an ice pick, right? Right. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like those kind of things, you know, you could chalk it up to coercion. You could chalk it up to coincidence. You know, I mean, again, I'm very logic based. So, you know, I mean... Like, like the whole thing with my son, you know, and, and the experience, you know, him describing my dad, there is no way, no way he could have known, you know, uh, the, all that, all that, the music yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's astonishing. It was a fantastic story. And so with that, that gives me that, you know, there's the cohesion there. Yes. Whereas with these kids going, oh yeah, well I was alive and da 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 da, you know. Well, they could have heard a story on television. They could have, you know. Heard, right, been you know. front-loaded. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, um, but, you know, the, the, the force seems to be very strong with my young one. So Indeed. <laughs> Indeed so. Uh, uh, what sign is your young one? Minichlorians are high. <laughs> what sign are you, Gordy? Oh, geez, I just called oh. you Gordy. Oh. Uh... <laughs> Oh no, that's, Gordon! I'm sorry. That, that's I'll make you pay later. Um, I know. Like oh you, Lord! I'll kill you last. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, did you just quote Commando? Seriously? That, no, it's a pen I've had for years. Oh, that no, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger's line in the movie Commando. It was it was a clown pen 
in the 70s that I've always had. <laughs> Jerry. Um, it's this creepy but, uh, clown that says, I like you. I'll kill you last. But uh, I love that. Uh, my sign uh, is uh, caution. <laughs> <laughs> Thrown to the wind? <laughs> oh, that might be one of the best answers. Um, well, that's okay. Adam's sign is slow children crossing. Um, oh, geez. No, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Virgo. Okay. And your um, son? Uh, he's in October. I don't know what the hell that is. So, could so be Scorpio, could be something. Or else. Libra, yeah. Yeah. It, well, his, his due date was 10 10 10. That was his due date. And he was born on the 9th. So, damn alien interference. I know. Oh, wow. So they almost got his due date exactly right. I was so pissed. I'm like, couldn't you have waited a day? We could have been on the news. That's, but it's still remarkable to get it that perfect. No, it was, well, I mean, and, and it's funny because my wife was uh, in the delivery room for a whole seven minutes. And then he came out. She, she was in the delivery room for seven minutes. They, they, they did not get the IV in her before Caleb was born. Oh, wow. That's, he was ready to come out. Yeah, yeah. He was ready. So, um, but it was a matter of, you know. Uh, I, I'm, you know, all my friends tease me that I'm a helicopter dad because, you know, I'm very involved with my son and I'm very attached to my son. You know? And, uh, and, you know, while he was in the nursery, I was, you know, visiting and this was at like three in the morning, you know, because I stayed at the hospital. And then there's like a gaggle of nurses. They're like, did you hear about that bitch who was in labor for like five <gasps> minutes? And da 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 da. And I, and I interrupt, I said, that was my wife. They're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, look, if I was a woman, I'd probably be pissed too, you know? Right. I mean, so that's like a champ right there. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, but that's my wife. I mean, you know, uh, she. And that's your wife, but also that's your son. It's like, I think it's a kind of a team effort. Oh yeah. He, well, he couldn't wait to get out. I don't think, I think he was, you know. Because he kicked a lot, a lot. And, you know, he constantly, you know, as my wife called it, rearranged himself. He could never get comfortable. So it was like he was just ready, you know. I can, I'm sure there have been, I'm sure there are people thinking, maybe not listening now, but perhaps later that, you know, I can hear that, you know, possibly this was your twin brother, you know. And, and part of, there's a lot of really interesting threads that could be woven into this that are um you know because there's this tie into your father and this foreknowledge and all this stuff it's very juicy well, i want to i want to move ahead actually to your other death stories i definitely want to get those in um okay well um i was in a club uh and this is in the early 90s so uh and uh there's this guy like, you know, at the bar yelling at his wife or girlfriend or whatever she was. And he just cold cocks her and she falls down. Oh, geez. And uh, where I come from, if you hit a woman, you're going to get hit back, but just five times as hard, you mm -hmm. know? And so I went up to him and I'm like, what's your problem? Da, 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 da. And, uh, you know, he, you know, took a swing at me. And he missed. 
Uh, and so I go to hit him and I, I don't know if it was his friend or one of her friends or whatever comes up behind me and stabs me in the stomach with oh. a Bowie knife. Oh my God. That's terrible. Oh, and I have such a, I have a queeze reaction to stabbings. But now, I, now he's holy. I, I didn't know. I didn't know I was stabbed. I, oh thought, I thought he just punched me really hard. And so on my right hand, there's a series of scars. Uh, and those series of scars are his nose, oh. <laughs> both of his, no, I'm not kidding, his nose, both of his cheekbones, and nine of his teeth. Oh, wow. And I, and this was after he stabbed you. And, and according to what happened, I'd, I'd passed out, and uh, the ambulance came, and I was pronounced dead in the emergency room. And like not even a minute later, after they, you know, after they pronounced me dead, I came back up. I mean, you know, so. Do you, do you, in that, in this period of when you passed out and all that, was there, in, did you have any kind of experience or was it just all blackness? It was, for me, it was a blackness with, um, there, there's no other way to, Put it, but it was like a loud humming sound, like a, um, you know, like a the Gregorian chants, you know, mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, it was like that. What's interesting about that is I've I've heard a lot of that with um, getting OBEs. I was and just gonna ask that. Gonna yeah, ask that. it's, it's very very common. It's um, like, I, I think the way people have been describing it, it seems like that vibration shakes you out of your body. Mm-hmm. Well, that I mean, that was all I heard. And then the next thing I know, I was, you know, I I remember I remember the fluorescent lights. That's the the you know, the first thing I remember after that. Because mm -hmm. I remember I remember beating the crap out of this guy, which is a point of pride for me, by the way. Yeah. Um well, I mean, you know, Oakland boys in the building. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I, I gotta represent. Um, you sure you and you did yeah i look thug life didn't you you know i didn't choose a thug life <laughs> the thug life chose me hey and, oakland was hard it's not like it is now well no the the first like my eighth grade and ninth grade year we were like the number one murder capital in the united states oh i remember when <laughs> i lived there my mama was tripping out she could not believe that i was down oh, yeah. there in the thick of it yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, you know, because people go, oh, Oakland, you know, but it's so funny out here in Colorado, you know, there are more Oakland Raiders fans here in the Springs than there are back in Oakland. It's so funny. But, uh, but they, uh, uh, the, I remember beating them up and then I remember the blackness with the humming. Mm -hmm. And then I remember fluorescent lights. And, that's did okay so in this uh, and on this one because did you so in the recovery period and since then have you had any dream content that has had tied to that experience um no not really no. so you just it just happened and that's what happened and you you moved on yeah pretty much i mean you know um, oh, and, and to address what Diane said, um, uh, my wife said the thickness, too. So, 
Anyway, I don't know what Diane said because I'm not watching yeah. the chat. So you, you really don't want to know. You okay. Really know. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so I love uh, our. I'm... It's the girth. Yes. It's the girth. Yeah. The my, no, oh my, my, my wife is. A, yeah. Because she's like, my God, it's like a Guinness can. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Mm. Oh, the oil can. No, Guinness. Ooh. Guinness, not oil. Yeah. Guinness. No, yeah. but I think of um, Guinness cans as, as a, like foster can also. But that, I guess foster cans are bigger than, yeah. are wider Aust than. They're a lot yeah. harder. They would hurt. Australian for a swill. Anyway. Okay, so in your second death experience, or third, um, it would be your third at this point. Yeah, um, I was shot. <laughs> Jeez, I Gordon. Um, it's so funny. I grew up in Oakland, and I never got stabbed, never got shot. But I moved to Atlanta, and I get stabbed and shot. So, so what's the story with this one? Um, I um, for a while I worked at Starbucks, mm -hmm. um, and I worked the mid shift to closing. You know, so I show up around five or six, and then we would close at ten. And go what, okay, wait, what period of time is this, first of all? This is the late 90s. Okay, so still be, before your father passed. This was two, two, two or three years before he passed. So it, okay. 96, 97. I was living in, I have family there. I was living in Merida at that point. Anyway. Um, so. But, but uh, there was a, a liquor store um, maybe three blocks from my house. And, you know, I would go there and get cigarettes. And it was run by this little Korean guy. And, you know, he had like the big, you know, the bulletproof, uh, what you call it? The, you know, the. Oh, the glass. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I had to go get cigarettes. And there's this woman ahead of me. And it, mind you, this is like 1130-ish at night, you know. What part of Atlanta is this? This, this is going toward downtown Atlanta. Okay. Like Buckhead, um, Buckhead? or Roswell? That doesn't sound like Buckhead at all. No, 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 no. Buckhead's no. all Down, trendy yeah. and yeah. yeah. They used to not, shoot no. each other up around there. No, not this, for a long time, Jerry. Not in '97. Oh, this I don't is know. I wasn't here. Going toward downtown, uh, the complete opposite area of Buckhead. Yeah. Um, Buckhead oh, was South trendy, and Buckhead was trendy in yeah. the '70s. In yeah. the '90s. In the so. '70s. <laughs> I, listen to me. Well, I my family was there in the '70s too, and it was way different. Five Points was different. All of, but this is another story. It's so, all rainbows he, and unicorns now. Sunshine and lollipops and. Okay, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some show tunes. Um, um, okay, back to the where but, the bulletproof glass. But but this woman, it, mind you, it's like, you know, it, it's it's past 11. And this woman's ahead of me and she's got, you know, her two kids with her. And these kids were maybe seven, eight, nine-ish-esque. And, uh, you know, for some reason, she's buying lottery tickets. And I'm like, you know, I remember standing in line thinking, you picked a hell of a time to buy lottery tickets. I just want to get my cigarettes and go home. You know, and uh, it was a matter of, you know, she she gets her cigarettes, you know, and this guy comes in and he's obviously strung out on something. And he pulls a gun out on the guy, you know, he's like, give me all your money. And the guy's like, you know, he knocks on the glass. He goes bulletproof, you know. Yeah. And uh, so he aims the gun at the kids. Oh, jeez. 
And so I jump on top of these kids and I get two 38s in the back. Oh my God. And that's all I remember. And uh, the next thing I know, I woke up in the hospital and I've got like flowers and, you know, like, you know, cards, like, like uh, one of the, the fire departments had, had uh, signed a thank you card or a get well uh, card for me. How long had you been out? Uh, when, I, when I woke up, they told me I'd been out for two days. And so in this experience, you don't have any, that's also a blackout experience? Well, uh, for me, it was more of, it wasn't necessarily a blackout experience, but it was like I was in a constant dream. Oh, can you, can you describe that? Like what was maybe stuff that was going on for you? It was, no, it was, it was like I was, I woke up and I went to work and I came home and, I, you know, it was like me living my life, like, you know. So your, your waking life was going on and yet your body is in ICU somewhere. Yeah, well, I, I, when I woke up, I wasn't in ICU anymore. Um, but, but when you're passed out in the period in this like recovery, at least when you in your black at what would be your unconscious body? You're you're actually, though, in this other state of consciousness, whatever that is, that liminal state, just going about your normal life. Yeah. And yeah. you didn't think anything was going on and you had no clue that it was a, a dream experience or whatever. I, I had. Well. When I woke up, I'm like, you know, what the hell, you know, and, you know, it was explained to me that, you know, uh, I had been declared dead and, you know, uh, because, I, you know, well, from, you know, and I should have mentioned this. I'm sorry. I'll go back, I'll come back to this, but let me mention this real quick because um, Nish will appreciate this. Um, I have my birth certificate and my death certificate. From when I was born, <laughs> and and I had. I, I hope they're framed. By the way, that's just I hope so you great. Don't pay taxes. You know what? I I try. You know, I tried to get that. I tried to get. You know, I'm like, well, I'm dead, so I can't. <laughs> right. <laughs> I already paid my dues. But because my birth certificate uh, is dated after my my certificate of death. Oh yeah. yeah. Then yeah, it cancels it out. But, mm -hmm. but it's still awesome to have your own death certificate. No, it's it's seriously very cool in a in a creepy uh, way, and I of course I love the creepy stuff. So well, people are like, "Is that a joke?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I wish." You know, uh, it's like, no, no, it's my real death certificate. You know, no, this is that's a true oddity for people who <laughs> you know, like this is a living experience of true modern oddity. Um, so, so you, so you wake up and they fill you in on what's happening at this point. Did you wonder about the fact that you were just living your normal life? Like you didn't have this experience. Do, okay. Do you what now? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So I'm trying to get back on track here. So you, you were, ha you were kind of in the, in a dream state going about your normal life, but then yeah. you, you wake up in the hospital and they yeah. fill you in on what had gone on. Did you question? Yeah, because I, I thought the way that I interpreted it when I woke up was I thought me getting shot was a dream. And, you know. So I, you thought you getting shot was the dream. Oh, yeah. man, this is juicy. <laughs> and, and, you know, the nurse who was, you know, 
he was this this nice little gay guy, you know. He's like, oh, honey, wait till I tell you what's happened. And, you know, and uh, they caught the guy. I mean, the guy got prosecuted and everything. Um, and the kids ended up being safe. Oh, good. Um, um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm to, the, to this day and, and, you know, I don't I, I'd gotten get well cards from like the fire department and, you know, from uh, the guy who owned the shop, you know, the, the, you know, and he gave me a couple of cartons of cigarettes for free, which I thought was really cool. Um, you know, and I'd gotten get well card from, you know, a couple of the police officers, you know, but I never got any kind of recognition from the mother. And that always pissed me off. Um, yeah, that's, and I mean, that's so strange. You saved their, you saved her kids. It, and it, to, I don't know why it gets under my skin so much, but to this day, it still does, you know? Well, it's, I mean, I can understand. I can, I'm going to pull up to that with you. I mean, it's, it's actually quite rude. You literally took bullets for her kids. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I you know, I don't regret it, you know, but still it's kind of like, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, they told, you know, he told me everything that happened and, and I was just in shock, you know, um, and I was, it took me another week in the hospital and then they let me out, but, you know, I've got these, you know, I've got two nice scars where I was tattooed on the back, you know, and I've got a, a scar on my stomach, you know, from where I was stabbed and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, um, my, my father, uh, gave me a great catchphrase. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't get these scars and tattoos from going to Sunday school. <laughs> I like your father. Oh, oh <laughs> dad, dad was something. Dad was something, you know, he, he, you know, definitely a character. Um, I wanted but, to uh, tell you, Gordon, next time you die, when you wake up, <laughs> you wake up, you should go, did I die again? Damn it. And, that'll, that'll yeah, be, come on, that'd be really funny. Every time I die, I hope it's the next leap home. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. Did you have, so around this, the third death, did you have any dream content that is, uh, is you know, worth talking about here that was significant in the hospital or afterwards tied into that experience of dying again, yet again? It, it, see, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, but everyone's going to think I'm batshit crazy. We want, um, we're, we're there though. Too late. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Jerry, screw you and everybody who looks like you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, um, uh, let's see about maybe a year or so after my mom died. Um, I, when was that, by the way? Oh, what uh, year? She died in 2000. You there? Oh, and okay. I was, it, it's so funny. Every time I hear 2000, I expect to hear a number. Oh, like yeah. 2005. <laughs> two, it's always that way. But boom, boom. Where's the drum? So, uh, no. yeah, that's right. No, you had said died. earlier that they died so close together. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was a matter of uh, maybe 2002, 2003 ish. Mm -hmm. um i had a dream where i met zeus mm -hmm. and and he put his arms on my his hands on my shoulders and you know and he was like 
everything's fine. They're fine. It's not your time yet. Now go home. And I woke up. And that's the only super creepy thing, you know. I know Jerry has something to say about this. this is, I, it's I'm just going to say, into, you just yeah. told this story at 2233 on 4-4. Jeez. <laughs> and it ties into some stuff that we talk in our woo-woo stuff. I mean, we're always talking woo-woo, but it, that the dream that Zeus is in the dream ties into a lot of other stuff we've been thinking about. Um, so when you, when you came up out of that dream, what was your thought? Is this a significant, you have a, a, a major player here. Zeus shows up. Well, my, my first thought was, holy crap. Cause it was so real, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it was like, I mean, I mean, it was, it was pretty much how you like. Uh, I don't know if you, you've ever seen it, uh, Clash of the Titans. I love it. The the seven, the like eighties one. Where where where? Well, no, the the newer one. The newer okay. One. Where, yeah, I've seen where, that, but the eighties one rules. Sorry. Where, where he's where he's standing and and like the earth is kind of like his floor. Yes. Yes. It was, it was like that, and you know, it was. He just looked. He doesn't. Uh, you know, he doesn't look like Liam Neeson, you know. I mean, to me, it was more of like uh, Sir John Gielgud, you know. Um, anyway, um, but uh, it's like I, I remember the humidity. I remember the smell. I remember the, you know, you know, that's what why. What did Zeus smell like? Well, no, it wasn't that. It was like it's it, the the smell that I remember was like. Just you know, like when you go into a forest, and it's the smell of all the trees, the wet and, wood smell, and loony yeah. and humus and all that. Yeah, and, and that's that's the smell I, I associate. So whenever I smell that, I think about that dream. Oh, that's so that's so perfect. I love that because it is. I mean, the the wood is nature. That's where that is it. That's a perfect tie-in with with that major archetype. Well, to I'm me, getting the chills out of this one. This is actually what's giving me the most chills tonight. <laughs> I just well, like to talk about wood. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. He's, Jerry's love, polishing his knob right now. No, love, regular, regular, regular or Norwegian. Oh, Norwegian. Right. Norwegian, <laughs> Norwegian wood, Beatles songs, great song. That, that's my favorite Beatles song. It is a good one. Um, my son, when he was a baby, he liked two songs. He liked uh, Blackbird. Oh, I love that from the Beatles, too. Yeah. And uh, If I Only Had a Brain. Black, Blackbird only... is the only song I could play on the guitar right now. Well, that's good. That's a start. Yeah. And that's and a good start. I, I should rephrase that. That's all I remember how to play. Oh, okay. It's still, that's still a, that's a, I mean, come on now. That's a classic. It's a unique piece of music, and it's. It's one of those things. Once you learn it, you can't really unlearn it. Yeah, no, it's it's the same thing with Layla from uh, Eric Clapton. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Once you know how to play, that's it. You know it. You're like, you know. Um, yeah, but uh, crazy. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, so no, I want to. Re- I want to actually linger on this Zeus dream for a minute. And okay, okay so so it's super. And so you you were saying it sounds like you were very lucid in it. Yeah, right? well, no, it was, like I said, you know, to me, it was, it was as real as, you know, 
real get i mean i didn't think it was a dream until you know what i mean it was like you know i woke up in bed yes. and it's just like my god did that really just happen you know and uh so it was it was strange to say the least well it has everything i look for in in exceptional experiences because you you're talking about the scent now that you're associating right this yeah. is i mean we're this is all tie in with high lucidity so especially scent is so, so so you have a major archetype zeus is just major this is beyond the personal this is a very big deal and um and then that's tying in with scent and then this hyper realness this is a very intriguing experience and this is post your mother and father having passed and post dying three times and it was a matter of i for me i always wondered why zeus because i you know my my degree you know i you know i mainly studied Rome, and I mainly studied Egypt. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, I, I always thought if, if, you know, because my, 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 my grand religious theory is, is this. I don't believe in God. Mm -hmm. I do oh, believe, I meant to get to this. I, oh, I, geez. I do believe in an ultimate power. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are representatives of said power. Mm-hmm. And when I say representatives, I mean, you know, Vishnu, and I mean Zeus, and I yeah, mean Osiris, yeah. and you yes. know, and and you know, it's like trickle down gods, so to speak. And so for me, I always thought if I were to be visited by one of these quote unquote representatives, it would be something I'm more akin to, you know, as far as like Osiris or you know, do you know what I mean? Like you know, yes, but doesn't this make it even more? Um, fascinating that that it wasn't Osiris. Well, how do you know? Yeah. How did you know it was Zeus? Did he identify himself? I just knew. Just knew. I, I don't. I don't know how else to put it. Well, yeah. The one thing I I wanted to point out though is that Zeus is also the Roman god Jupiter. Well, and and the funny, which is also pretty much Yahweh. And and that that was always my favorite planet growing up. But the thing is that you did identify it with Zeus that it was very it's very specific you and so we can we can parse out the table of correspondence all the way up to Kronos and all that it doesn't that's just insignificant the fact that it did identify as Zeus to you however that came through is very significant and and it, even if it was Jupiter, it still would be a major, it's still the same, you know, it's still on that correspondence. It's a major archetype, but there's something there that that particular flavor of that energy played out as Zeus. And, and I mean, I always, you know, the, the fact that it was a reassurance thing, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it was like, wow, was that really, you know, you know, was that really, what the purpose you know what i mean like well what what gives me the chills is all the death around you and then a major player like that comes in here at that at that particular time after your parents had passed um it's chilling and you know i could i'm not we're not here we don't analyze dreams here but i i i i am in my head analyzing that and it's it's really of 
all the dreams I've heard. Um, and I categorize in, when I say dreams, I'm talking about all the experiences of non-waking life. So, or what we're considering non-waking. So that I throw in NDEs and OBs. It's really, really significant. And since then, since that particular experience, have you had anything that any, any, any way corresponded to it or tied back to it? I'm, I'm iffy on answering that. Okay. I um, respect that. Uh, just for the sheer fact that it, it plays into some, you know, some matters that are a bit more personal than, than, uh, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I'll pretty much talk about, you know, anything, but you know, I, I'm a little bit sensitive uh, on, on certain topics. Yeah. And of course that's, that's a good thing too. Um, um and that's also t very telling, you know, that's, that's how great this, ex I, as a, as a person listening to you and in, enjoying this story, that's, Oh, that tells me a lot too. Well, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I mean, you know, I know the point of this is to interview me, and you know, and I'm uh, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you or Jerry. But no, we you didn't know. take it that way. Don't even. Not at all. Don't and even this trip, is dog. It's not even an interview. We consider ourselves chit chatting with people, and so we don't. Yeah, totally. We like to get out of that interview mode. Yeah, Jerry, obviously, never, could... never do that again. Oh, oh. my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're about as ghetto as wow. That that I live in Atlanta. <laughs> Jerry's flossing. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I, I know you live. I mean, I'm, but I'm not sure what part of Atlanta you're in. Nowhere so. near where you can get stabbed. He's, okay. he's, yeah, I don't even. It's not even really Atlanta, but um, okay. So let's let's look at. I want to look at. So I, what I didn't touch on earlier, but you did. You gave us. The, we know that you were came up in a Catholic household and had the Catholic experience. And then through this last little series of adventures, you let us know that you're not really Catholic anymore. So what do you what do you make now of how is your what's your spirituality look like at this point? Um, well, I, you know what? I, I, I'm going to I'm going to steal a quote from Eddie Izzard. Uh, you know, uh, I love Eddie because he, you know, he says he, you know, uh, he's not an atheist. He's just a non-theist. And to me, that that makes more sense as to what my my beliefs are is because I do believe there is an ultimate power. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm I've had to read the Bible and I've had to read the Torah. And, you know, I mean, when you go through for a, a degree in ancient history, they make you read this shit, you know. And uh, and there's just too many inconsistencies in everything, and it's like, well, if this is the word of God, then it would be streamlined. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. It would be, you know what I mean? I mean, like, it wouldn't be like, okay, wait a minute, you know, there's no consistency here, you know. And uh, by the way, that's something I touch on in my next book, um, you know, um. Which, by the way, you know, I, I plan to, you know, go ahead and plug my stuff. Oh, we're uh, gonna and do, and we'll get we'll get you to oh, plug more later. Oh, but what is oh, your I'm, next book? Oh, I've been plugging in the chat room like all night. So good, you know, that's excellent. Because I'm a whore. Well, um, let's do it online, like live. So, what is the next book? Since you just tied right into it. Well, the next book is just pretty much, you know, rants and raves. Um, it's a, it's a lot of uh, things that I've written, observations, you know, um. 
it, it's, you know, uh, I, I would never, ever, never, ever, never compare myself to George Carlin. So I don't want people to, to misconstrue it, but it's kind of like brain droppings. Yes. Of, you know, where it's, just I love like, George Carlin. I'm seriously. And, and, and that's, that's pretty much what it is. Is it's just a collection of things that I've written, you know, um, you know, I, I talk about the NRA, I talk about the church, I talk about, you know, in, in you know, insert topic here. Mm -hmm. oh, it sounds like a wonderful book, especially um, if it is tied into anything in this realm of social commentary through, uh, you know, it sounds like, um, it sounds philosophical. And, you well, know, any there's a, there's a, a whole, you know, big thing in it um, that I wrote years and years and years and years ago. Um, about the number 666 and its origin, you know, uh, because it was, it was written about Nero. It wasn't written about Satan. It was written about Nero. And it was 616 too, wasn't it? Um, originally, well, it, it's, it's highly debated on what it originally was um, because there, there's like several different claims about several different numbers. Um, and I don't go into that uh, because there's way too many sites to reference. Um, it represents a lot of different things, like exactly. a carbon molecule. And, you know, I'll be sure to get, you know, uh, you and, and Nish a copy of that book. Um, oh, you know, thank you. I, Thanks, sir. Um, but, uh, you know, but uh, my writing does reflect my thoughts and my personality. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, when, you know, you get to know me, I'm a very sarcastic person. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm also a very, you know, uh, I'm I'm as down to earth as uh, you know as I am, based in logic, you know. But I'm open to anything because I do believe that anything is possible. Well, you you've had an extraordinary life so far, and and um, and I I love to see that. Literally, I love people with scars. You actually you literally have scars <laughs> from. Um, so what about let's get into death a little bit, and what do you think, especially since you you are friends with the constant companion on a different level? Um, what do you think is death what is going on what do you think I, all that is i would i wouldn't say friends um i i would i would say i would say it's more of a a, a situation of death shows up you know and goes oh you again you know <laughs> um but uh i don't know it's uh it's unique and it and it it changes you uh it changes your perspective um you value honesty more. You value, mm -hmm. you value family more. But, you know, it changes what you value. Um, and so it's it's a very all-encompassing, you know, action that that causes a reaction of, of grandiose proportion. And it's something that it's one of those things where it's like you go, man, I wish other people could could understand it the way i understand it mm -hmm. and in the same breath you go yeah but i don't want them to understand it. because you know in order to understand it you have to go through a certain you know action so to speak yeah you know and you know i mean like you know look at caligula for example you know he was obsessed with death 
you know, and and he would always, you know, uh, whoever he killed, he would always stop and be like, what is it like? What is it like? You know, because he wanted to find out what it was like. But when it finally came to him, you know, he found out and wasn't able to tell anyone. Right. You know, so it, it, it's kind of like in, in, in that vein of, of thought. Do you, um, okay, so what do you think this experience is that we're having that we call waking life, this right now? I, I think it's a matter of learning. I think that, that, you know, it's a matter of, you know, teaching and being taught. Because, you know, one of the things that, that, that I found when I was homeless was, you know, I, and, and, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it with pride. And if people think it's a, a huge, you know, uh, example of hubris, I truly don't care. Um, I was homeless for a reason. There were things that I needed to be shown. Mm-hmm. And there were, there were people that needed to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I, I lost count of the amount of people who would show up, you know, at the shelter for the first time, scared out of their minds. And then, you know, I take them and I protect them and I show them the ropes and then they go away. And that, that kind of in, in a, in a, you know, kind of morose kind of way is a point of pride because, you know, it was like, you know, I was there so that way that could transpire. And it was a matter of I was teaching and at the same time I was learning. I'm I'm intrigued by the fact that you would even consider that as far as other people, um, hubris. Because it seems to me like a sense of, um, it almost seems like a sense of destiny in a way, or, you know, an sense of acceptance but, well, and also goodwill towards other people, and, but, which you've proven again and again. But I, I've, well, see, and that, that's what I'm, what I was about to mention is because I, you know, when talking about my homelessness, which, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to do, and, you know, I have no dis- discomfort about it. it. It's, it's a matter of they go, well, you just make yourself sound like a fucking martyr. And it's like, you know what? I don't pick that up at all. Uh, well, I mean, to me, you know, uh, I mean, one of my friends, and I'm not going to say his last name, uh, but his name was Jeremy, and he was homeless around the same time I was, and he had severe mental issues. Before being homeless? Well, that's why he was homeless. His okay. Parents, his parents disowned him and kicked him out. Oh, terrible. And he was, you know, he was just a kid, and he would yeah. get... He would be as calm as, you know, calm gets. And then the next minute he would like attack someone for no reason. Like physically? Yeah. Ooh. And so, <laughs> and so I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I helped with that. Um, there was my, my beloved friend, Terry, um, who passed away a couple years ago. Um, and I found out through his sister that he had passed. But uh, when you're homeless in Atlanta, um, the place that you go to is CNN Center. Um, and uh, what we would do is there was a Starbucks right there inside of CNN Center. 
So what you do is you get a coffee cup out of the trash can and then you go and you get a refill. Oh, geez. And, uh, and it was Terry and I, and we were there one morning and he had diabetes and he went into a diabetic seizure and security comes. They're like, get this drunk bum out of here and blah, 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 blah. Uh. I'm like, call an ambulance, call an ambulance, call an, yeah. And, and they're like, we're not calling an ambulance for some drugged out, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, man. And, and uh, uh, one of the, I don't know if she's still, I, I don't watch CNN anymore, but she was a morning anchor. Her name was Soledad O'Brien. And she, I remember her on CNN. You, you, and, and she was in line at Starbucks and she ordered them to call an ambulance. And, uh, you know, I mean, so... That's that's one of the examples I mean by like you know, I, I, I you know if I hadn't have been there, then he would have died. Do you have so on this on this thread here? Do you so when I'm looking in at, upon your life and um, hearing these stories, I certainly get a sense of destiny with you, and I don't with a lot of people, and that's fine too. Um, but do you have a sense of destiny? Do you feel there's a line on your hand that actually shows that I'm so interested to look at the curology of you. Um, oh, do you want me to copy or scan my hand for you and send it to you? Oh, I would, I would greatly enjoy that. Okay. Um, well, that, you would, you're that, I love really exceptional cases to look at the hands that you see my thing with the curology. That's going to cost you a bikini picture anyway. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay i'll spook it up anyway um do you do you have a um do you have a sense of destiny do you actually feel compelled in some way towards helping people the way you do and how are you feeling so with this trajectory you've been on from day one to where you are now do you know a song called alive and kicking by simple minds Yes, of course. There's a line in that song. There's a line in that song that says, if I don't save you, who's going to save you? Yes. It's so beautiful. And, and uh, that's, that's one of my, that's one of my things, you know, I mean, it, you know, if I can be a shield, I'll be a shield. If I have to be, you know, a sword, I'll be a sword. But with, yeah, and I get, and you've proven that, but the, here's the thing, you are in this, you're in a lot of really dramatic situations that have called for that, where you really do put the rubber to the road and, um, and you haven't, you don't seem to hesitate. So there's like, there's a deeper sense in you. I'm getting that there's a subtext here within your program. If we were speaking on that level, like, um, where is this going? What, what do you think? Have you made anything out of this as far as meaning in all of this stuff you've, you've witnessed, participated in? Um, what do you make of all this, Gordon? I don't know. I think we're, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. I don't mm -hmm. believe in coincidences. Um, I, I just, I never have. Um, so I, I think we're all here, like I said, to teach and be taught. Mm -hmm. I, um, I definitely agree with that. And, and the fact of the matter is, you know, 
no one is one thing or another. Everyone is both. They're both mm -hmm. teaching and they're both learning. Right. You know, I mean, you know, it, it's a matter of, you know, I, I, you know, I, I'm a dictionary of cheesy movies. <laughs> but, you and Jerry. But, you know, I, but I <laughs> totally, don't know. Totally. <laughs> but I, I don't know anything about tarot cards. Whereas you are, you know, versed in tarot, but I'm willing to bet you're not a dictionary of cheesy movies. I am not. I, I've enjoyed some. But, so, so I get what you're saying. So it's a matter of I could teach you and you could teach me. And, you know, uh, it makes us better, you know, bigger, better, faster, more, as it were. Yeah, definitely. So. I, I this is so those are kind of all of our basic. This is our our basic. Um, run for what the data we want to get as far as listening to people and stuff. I'm wondering now if we can kind of move a little bit into, even though you've brought some woo, but some other kinds of woo woo. I have no idea what the hell woo woo. Or, I mean, yeah. Well, I, okay. So let me, let me start here. I, I hear that. Jerry's I that the master song. with the woo, by the way. I, and I, I think I, that song, you know, can you woo woo woo? You know, that woo, one. Woo woo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> woo be. <laughs> you have a woo light life, much like it myself. Totally does. I mean, I would have expected that you saw something when you were dead, at least one time. But then he sees Zeus after. I, yeah. Like, but, but there was that, he was already not dead anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, so really. I, I, you see, I beg to differ on that. Okay. I, I think. Oh, okay. I, I, I think, I think I, I, you know. Like I said, you know, you bring something back, but you know, when you bring something back, you, you also leave something. Mm. And, and so there's that. <laughs> what you're, did you're... Zeus show me on this doll where Zeus touched you? <laughs> he touched me in the naughty place. Um, <laughs> sorry, no. Stranger danger. Um, but, um, you it, guys, <laughs> it, it's a matter of, you know, if you're giving and taking, then you're connected. You know, if if Nish sat down and taught me what she knows about tarot cards, and I sat down and taught her what I know about V movies, we both learned from each other. But the fact of the matter is, regardless of what happens in our in our friendship, in 10, 15, 20 years from now, she thinks about a B movie, she's gonna go, you know, the only reason I know that is because of Gordon. Right. And I love I love reference points like that. And, and and that's what I meant about the connection with death. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, but that also acts as an anchor for your energy within her consciousness. Well, you know, that knowledge. Yeah, no, it's and, and it, it's kind of like bookmarking something. It's like, OK, well, I, this chapter exists because of this person. And, you know, I think there's a lot of that going on with me and, you know, the, the connection about death, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I I have no other way of putting it. You know, I, I think I'm still connected, and it's still connected to me, whether I want it to or not. Maybe we're all connected, and you're just more aware of that connection, having traveled yeah. that path so much. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know that that's also you know another perspective upon it. 
um, both could be right. Both could be wrong. I mean, you know, so yeah, what, I, I, don't I think know. it's, a, I mean, you know, so, but sorry. What? Okay. So I just want to, and this is a tester question. This is a tester question. Do you, what do you think about other entities? So I don't even know, like, because my mind's so open to everything. I don't really qualify them much they could be aliens for some people they could be demons for others and all that but other entities that are non-human yeah so you might see them as go i mean there's a whole there's a whole range of stuff out there what are your thoughts on on that whole gigantic black hole um wow how could i word this it's a, I just asked a gigantic question. I don't even know where you would go with that, but well, I just I'm, wanted to break the ice. I've, I've, you know, I've met things that I don't feel were human. And um, that's what I want to talk about. Um, I've, you know, encountered, you know, I mean, what are the, well, I know I, how can I put, okay. I had a seizure one time. Um, when I was homeless and their protocol is to call an ambulance and send me to the hospital. Now I personally do not call an ambulance when I have a seizure because you, you know, you get to the hospital and the doctor goes, Oh, you had a seizure. Go home and sleep. $1,200, please. Yeah. Yeah. I totally. <laughs> and you know, and I don't roll like that, you know? And, uh, so, uh, this was Grady Memorial hospital. Um, and I went outside, and it was about three in the morning. And there was like that's a terrible hospital. Yeah, no. Well, that's where they filmed The Walking Dead, by the way. It's a terrible hospital. But uh, but so I was. Outside. I shouldn't say that out loud. Sorry. Disclaimer. It's <laughs> it's a it's a county public hospital. Okay? <laughs> it's just like they call it death hospital. It's like every county hospital is called. Think about Cook County Hospital. I wouldn't go near that place. Yeah, so I just want I I'm sorry, I'm backtracking. Anyway, back to the back to the story. Um no, I was outside and I was still kind of disoriented, but I was by myself and and there was this woman um quote unquote um and she had, you know, she looked homeless and she goes, "Are you okay?" and I I told her what happened and she says, "Well, come over here." And she was sitting underneath, you know, you know, well, for those of you not familiar with Atlanta, across the street from Grady uh, is kind of like a mini park. I guess you would call it, Jerry, what would you call it? Like a mini I, park? I thought it was like the parking lot for Turner Field. No, there's there's like a little mini park, like with trees and stuff. No idea. I've, I've never actually been there. Oh, okay. Um, and so she was sitting there underneath the tree and I went to her and, and she had me sit down next to her and it seemed like just as soon as I sat down next to her, you know, it started raining, you know, cause that's how it is in Atlanta. One minute it's, it's bright and shiny and the next minute it's pouring down cats and dogs and then it's bright and sunny again. You just love to make it rain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so she's, you know, she's like, well, just sit here with me you know, until it stops raining. And so I did and it stopped raining and she, you know, she's like, okay, I have to go. 
and she gets up to walk away. And I, I, you know, I, I, and I say this, I, I tell this story openly, uh, you know, about my epilepsy because I don't know if it was a fact that I was, you know, post ictal, which is what they call it, you know, post seizure. Mm-hmm. But I swear to God, she just disappeared in the thin air, <laughs> you know. Oh wow! But you know, and it was like, but by then, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was just a weird experience for me. And and I tell it with a grain of salt for the sheer fact that I was recovering from a seizure, mm-hmm. and I and I could have been hallucinating. So, do you know what I mean? Like, yes, but then also, I know I realize why you're qualifying that. However, it's also significant because it's usually those kinds of states where we are open where whether we want to be or not to the possibilities of other experience other things other dimensions however you want to whatever terminology you want to lay down on that um because it's kind of like a liminal state well, I mean, like uh, like I said, you know, that's why I tell it with a grain of salt. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, but have you had other experiences like that? I have, yeah. So um, it's not just a one-off; it's not an anomaly. No, no, definitely not. I mean, and, and you know, the other experiences I had, you know, were were a bit more, uh, I don't know, dreamlike or or you know, like. You you know you get the impression it happened but it didn't happen or mm-hmm. you know you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. like you know uh, so it's it's like with you know trying to to quantify it you know is a bit more difficult because I don't know if I dreamt it or if it actually happened you know um, so so at this point what are your so so you're you're definitely open to the possibilities what do you think so if we wrap if we wrap some of this in language so what do you in in specific language like so what do you think about extraterrestrial i believe stuff? in them i'm well i mean look the the fact of the matter is you know i, I and I, i've said this before uh you know look at look at you know jupiter for example you know, there's no way anything could live on that. No, there's no way a human could live on that. Mm-hmm. But something that breathes in that kind of gas could live on that. And, you know, in the same breath, no pun intended, they couldn't live on Earth mm-hmm. because we're oxygen based, you know. So, I mean, the, you know, the, the odds that we're the only planet that has anything living on it, I mean, give me a break. That's scientifically impossible Um, right we do i mean it does seem like it people humans get caught in that everything needs is like us right that it's that's an act that's hubris well when (laughs) when people say oh there's no such thing as aliens or you know blah blah blah, like look man i'm the smartest person i know and even if i had a week i couldn't tell you how ridiculous your fucking statement is Mm -hmm. even if it's just a worm Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's just, you know, a, an amoeba, you know, it's out there. It, it may be ahead of us. It may be behind us uh, as far as evolutionary theory goes, but it has to exist just for sheer logistics. So, OK, so but well, let's talk in space is real. 
that thank you jerry this is <laughs> this is where jerry shines the most so i'm oh, glad dear. you popped yeah. in <laughs> i swear to god if you say flat earth I'm, come on jerry <laughs> i will reach through this microphone and bitch slap you on a level of like i personally you know, don't know that it's round or flat okay then explain an eclipse i can't see <laughs> i'm like you know don't take it there i mean jerry. i could give i'm not oh, i'm not yeah. taking it there but i mean that's <laughs> It's it's just a thing. It's something to look at. Well, I mean, I, I you know, when it comes to the flat earthers, I just, you know. It's just I another just... belief system. It's like a cult. You know, people get entranced in these beliefs that this is the way it is, and they don't ever get, get out of it. And I, I think, you know, space may be one of them. Well, I, I, look, at, I look at people who, who view, you know, like flat earthers, for example, uh, you know, I, I wrote a book about the Heaven's Gate cult, and that I was listening to you talk about that on that podcast, Gordon. Yeah, specifically and, about that. And 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 you know, I, I look at flat earthers as the same way I look at the Heaven's Gate people. You know, it's like it's a great idea at the time. You know, um, and, and I'm I'm still right, right, right. But you're, you've gotten culty now. I'm I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out. Well, and Jim, he talks about Jim Jones and that it was the, whether it's murder and. Well, that might have been a whole op. Well, I, you know, uh, I'm still trying to figure out which podcast you were listening to. I, I know I, and I X'd out. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Well, I can look, find it, though, real easily. Look, in, look into the history of your browser. You'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Real easily. I could. Well, I pulled up a few, but that's the one I listened to. Um, because, you know, I. You know, those kind of things, they, they, they fascinate me um, for the sheer fact of, you know, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, especially military people say, well, you're either a leader or a follower, you know. Um, and, and so I, I don't necessarily believe that, but you see all these people who are so quick to be followers, um, you know, whether you're talking about like, you know, the, the you know, David Koresh or Jim Jones or Marshall Applewhite or, you know, you know, insert cultist here. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I find it interesting that, that people are so quick to follow and not question that. I think that's what bothers me the most is lack of questioning. Well, OK, what do you think about these different kinds of aliens that people are talking about like for example like the um the reptilians and those aren't those what i understand a lot of them they're actually from earth well i mean you know i was kind of worried at first i'm like you mean mexicans no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm gonna build a wall it's huge okay sorry um well i mean you know any I mean, one one of the the things that you know that's relatable to that, and you know, I have to talk about it because it bothers the crap out of me, is you see these videos on YouTube about time travelers. Okay, there's this one where this guy, or I'm sorry, this 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 woman, it's from a Charlie Chaplin film, and everyone swears that she that she's talking on a cell phone. And I'm like, you know, if you knew anything about the time period, you knew about like people who were deaf and they had these big boxes they would hold up to their ear, you know, um, 
And besides that, you couldn't talk on a cell phone anyway because there were no damn satellites anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, so, I mean, it's a matter of, I, I don't doubt that there are aliens. I don't doubt that they came from us, but I'm curious as to if they came from a multiverse platform or not. Right. Well, that plays, I mean, for me, that just seems more logical from, I have a very high IQ also, and somehow that plays into my logic field. Yeah. Yeah. More no, so I, than the, than this particular paradigm. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it, it, it does play into what you're looking at and what you're thinking about. Um, so, I mean, like I said, you know, do they come from a multiverse? I think that's highly possible. Well, okay, wait, on that, what, so have you given any thought to the whole sim reality stuff? Um, as far as what, like the Matrix kind of a thing? Kind of. I mean, it. it's now... Jerry is this is where Jerry really should be shining. Um yes, that some of that plays into it. Yeah. Well, I mean but there's there's threads out of it. There are alleys. Well, I I, I think for, you know, I mean, I, I don't necessarily believe in the matrix kind of theory, but I, I do believe in the in the threaded theory, you know, where you know, in this universe, I'm right-handed. The other one, I'm left-handed. And I have, you know, uh, you know, uh, as the Vulcans would say, I-D-I-C, idic. Infinite diversity, infinite combination. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think reality is. Um, you know, I think right now in, you know, an alternate, you know, a, a multiverse theory, you know, there are versions of you and me and, you know, uh, in that universe, I'm a woman. In that universe, you're a man, and you know, so on and so on and such. So, okay, I I was I had a question, and I totally drew. God, don't you hate that? Oh. I it's it's such a strange thing, but no, it was completely relevant. It's. I've been good. Sometimes it happens to oh, me a lot, Gordon. And <laughs> but let me say uh, to Diane, you know, I, 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 you know, I didn't mean to be offensive. I was just making a, a, a joke. Um, I do apologize if I upset you. What uh, was said? What did you say? Oh, uh, the joke about Mexicans. Uh, oh. and, and she's Latina. And, you know, I wasn't saying that to be offensive. I was saying that. I love our Mexican brothers and sisters. I was saying that to be sarcastic. Uh, yeah, I took it as that, but yeah. it is, these are sensitive times with all of, yes, you we, know, with everything's going on. We covered that earlier that we had to make disclaimers when talking about pizza that we were talking about the actual food. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just, you know. I, 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 I love all of South America, by the way, honey. Don't get me started. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> as long as I'm. Don't get me started. I love south it. South of this country, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I think, see, I'm, I'm what I call the equal opportunity destroyer, mm -hmm. you know, because I make fun of myself. And so I, I feel that gives me rain to make fun of everyone. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's the whole it's well, this is this is this is a dangerous thing in a way. And I, I say that in 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 a in kind of in a strange light, I suppose, because language right now is kind of outside of Mercury retrograde is getting all twisted. Gatorade. And, yeah, it's it's so hard to where we used to be more comfortable just poking fun at each other. Now there's so much serious, there's serious shit happening and it's hard for people to understand who's, who's a friend or who's a foe. Is this, you know, you do, you speak differently to other people, but clearly you come, you're coming from that Carlin stance and which I enjoy about you, by the way. Well, he, he was one of my, that was one the, the, the first album I ever heard was George Carlin class clown. Yeah. And, yes. <laughs> and that's where that was, my philosophy comes from. That was the first of his I had heard too. I actually saw him once. Uh, yeah. So did I. Yeah. I saw him at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. I, I saw him somewhere in Chicago. I don't remember where, but it was a while ago. It was right well, before I, he died. I, I, I'm. My thing is, I'm. I'm very open about it, and and you know, I, I'll admit when I'm wrong. Yeah. And and you know, one of the, again, it's going to something I learned from my grandfather. You know, you don't learn anything from being right all the time. Exactly. And so when I'm wrong, I say, you know what, kudos to you. You were right. I was wrong. But in the same breath, when I'm right, I'm going to say, look, I was right. You know, um, because, you know, if, if you can, you know, if you think you can brag when you're right, then you have to be able to brag when you're wrong. You know, um, because so many people they go through their lives not admitting they're wrong about anything. And, you know, that that's not the way you live. I mean, you know, no, we have to, we have to put, one has to pull things in inward. Yeah. You, you don't learn anything from being right all the time. I mm-hmm. mean, it's okay to be wrong. It's good to be wrong because if you're wrong, that just shows you have more to learn, you know? And, and I'm, I'm a, you know, huge believer in that. You know, um, I, I just I don't like people who like they never admit fault at all. And to me, that is just horrific, like literally, uh, you know, I think that's one of the worst things somebody can do. I find that personality trait and a lot of people that have had rather charmed lives where they didn't have anything to worry about or they didn't. There was, you know, cue the Annie song that was not hard knocks for them. And um, I, I mean, an unusual amount that scale tips in favor of people that have just had easier lives. They get that sense of, I'm not sure if it's even an, an entitlement, but, and I'm not talking on political entitlement. I'm talking here on personal levels and more in a psychological sense. Um, then I have, it seems like people get knocked around in life, which you clearly have been. Um, I certainly have been. There's a, you know, life serving up that humble pie. Sorry to use a cliche, but it's, it's rough. It can be really rough. And I think that perspective gives us the flavor in which, um, or the patina in, in certain people that earn the right to to speak as you know philosophically and um 
and you know owning your own shit i mean there's a million memes i could wrap around yeah all this there there was a quote that i heard and and i took it and i bastardized it into something that was more fitting for me but the the you know it's to the effect of if you want to see a rainbow then look at the rain (laughs) if you if if you want to look at me look at the darkness Mm -hmm. that's great and i feel that's very close to how I feel because you know what, if you want nice sunshine, beautiful and fluffy, then don't come to me because I talk about the way it really is. You know, if you know, you can ask Adam, you know, if if he does something that I think is stupid, I'll be like, dude, you're a fucking moron for doing that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not one of those people who's going to, you know, tell you what you want to hear all the time. I tell you what you need to hear. And if you don't like that, go elsewhere. <laughs> right. But that's also speaks to per inner interpersonal relationships. So um where yeah, I mean you're gonna speak different to Adam than you are a stranger, obviously. Well, uh, or maybe you're not. I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't understand that. Go do that. Well to the interpersonal relationships. So that you know the the relationship we have with other people and in the context to it, you can speak freely with Adam in that way where you can, (coughs) where he understands what you're saying and there's a level of comprehension and it does, you don't have all this to unpack as you would to a a total stranger or someone in the periphery that doesn't have context to you. But you see with that, I I, I beg to differ because uh, even if it's somebody I've known for a week, mm-hmm. I'll be like, you know what? That was the dumbest thing you could have done. You know? Yeah. I, but do you hear that statement? That's different than the way you worded it with when your example with Adam, which was well, a way more was, relaxed experience. Statement. Well, I, I was just using an example. I mean, whether it's, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I was saying you could ask him because he knows how I am. I mean, yeah. you know, um, it, it's just a matter of if I feel someone, you know, I mean, like you said, you know, people have to own what they do. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, it's a matter of I don't care who they are. I call them on it, you know, because yeah. I, I don't like yes men. You know, Nor do I. I don't, like, you know, I, don't I find like, it. That's insulting. That whole idea is insulting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's it's a matter of, you know, you're just telling me what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Tell me what I need to hear. If I'm being a jerk. I don't mind if somebody goes, Gordon, you're just, you're being an ass Mm -hmm. and I'll put myself in check, you know? I mean, so, you know, but it's a matter of being able to realize if you are being an ass. Right. But then that does, that does call to a certain proximity. Well, see for me, everything's case by case. So I don't, I don't make, I'm not a generalist, really. I mean, I am with ideas, uh, bigger ideas, but as far as like interactions, everything's case by case. Well, I might love you, but I might hate your brother. Well, it, it's a well. Don't don't worry. I hate my half brother. Um, okay. Um, he's my God. He's an idiot. Um, dude. I swear to God, I know Kira's smarter than him. Oh my uh, God, dude! But, but, don't uh, even put that on the carrot. Roots are wonderful. Um, but, but it's a matter of, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in know thyself. 
Oh, yeah, it's that's a base. And that's and I feel I know myself very well. Um, but it's a matter of, you know, those, you know, there's a lot of people who don't know me who think I'm very abrasive. I'm not, you know, I, I speak two languages, English and real shit, you know, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and well, no, there, a me, uh, somebody sent me a meme with that on it. And I'm like, yeah, I've got to use that. <laughs> um, but it's true. Uh, you know, uh, you know, no truer words have been spoken. I mean, if, you know, look, you know, it's something my dad used to say. It's like, we could sit here all day and jerk each other's dicks, but it's not going to make anything happen. You know, well, it could. And <laughs> we're uh, talking a circle jerk for real. <laughs> well, it I mean, get messy. It, wow, you just like, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Uh, see, now it's just a matter of mental images, and oh my god, <laughs> I know. Uh, um, but you know, I I think that that falls into because I believe that your dream life. Uh, kind of it, it 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 spills over, for lack of a better term, into your awake life, and absolutely, and that has such a huge impact on your perspective of life. You know, because you think that you know something's only possible in a dream. You know, I mean, look at Albert Einstein. He came up with a theory of relativity. You know, by changing a light bulb and hitting his head. You know, um, and so it was pretty much like a hazy thought. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, these hazy thoughts can lead to the, the alter, the alter, the altering of reality. There, I said it. You know, so well, th this, Gordon, this actually brings us back to what we were talking about initially and, and the, reality waking reality we're in i'm i'm actually refocusing us right here uh -oh. you didn't notice um so i and i just want to close it out on this oh we're closing out what no i want to close this this oh, like, this what? part out because I, there's like questions and whatever else could happen but i i wanted to make sure this was all tied up this because this is part of nox our bigger outline where do you think consciousness lies where is conscious even and you could even go so far as to get into what is consciousness and then where is consciousness well uh, consciousness to me is kind of like the blind wise man um because it, it doesn't see gender or color it only sees logic and cohesion um it's a matter of you know, taking, taking everything that you learn and then turning it around so that way you can teach it. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, you know, know thyself. And to know thyself, you have to know your limits. Mm -hmm. And the only way to know your limits is to push your limits. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, a, a phrase that, that I've had, you know, since I was in junior high is a life without risk is a life that has yet to be lived. Didn't somebody else say that? Yeah, but I don't, you know. <laughs> so I didn't, I'm like, I didn't what, say, what, what? It's I like didn't Thomas say Paine or something. <laughs> I, didn't, did. I didn't say I came up with it. I said okay. that, you know, <laughs> that's been my, yeah. But, no, but that is, it seriously is a truth, though. It's a, it's a deep one. 
Well, but but it, not only is it deep, but it's it's practical to the yes. next degree. Um, you know, because if, if you go and you play it safe every hour of every day, you're not going to learn anything. Mm-hmm. You're not going to learn anything about yourself. You know, you're not going to learn anything about your spirit, your personality. You know, you're not going to learn anything about your character. And, you know, uh, um, you know, one of my friends used to, you know, say to me, you know, do something every day that scares you. And I don't know where he got it. I, I've heard it several times. Yeah, it's it's made the rounds. Uh, yeah, I've heard it several times, but that was his mantra. And every day, he, you know, I mean, like he was afraid of heights. And so they took a trip and he went to the Empire State Building. You know, I mean, you know, so... Um, but it's it's a matter of I don't know it, it's a matter of consciousness equals you know logic uh, uh, and logic to me is all encompassing uh, even with emotions you can apply logic um, you know so I, I think people would be better off if they got to know themselves before making judgment calls about others or about, you know, I I mean, cause I could sit here and I could say, you know what? I really don't like the fact that you do tarot cards. I think they're, you know, but anti-Christian or whatever. They're demonic. Yeah. 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 You know, cause there's a lot of people who are like that. (laughs) The dog agrees. Well, it's always the person like the, the classic example. It's always like the, the person that, says homosexuals are going to hell that you know they find in a rest area sucking cock right so it's a you know it's that whole thing of you are what you hate and um and all the degrees they're in so it, it i mean it we must be careful or we must at least observe what we're what we're projecting out i think at least see it for what it is before you um throw conviction behind it because it's possible i think it is such i think that it is you know it's a part of you that you don't want to recognize and if you bring it in somehow and assimilate it there's a whole different experience with it well i i i just i truly think that your dreams are, are part of a bigger picture because the, the connection to your conscious self, you know, it, it's that, you know, chain of command, so to speak, mm-hmm. everything is connected. Everyone is connected, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. And that's the real grid. <laughs> well, no, truly, because we we're we all come in this earth the same way. We all go out, you know, I mean, we're all going to die. We're all going to, you know, we're all going to go through certain things in our lives. That, that, and that creates that common bond, that commonality. But we spend too much time focusing on the differences. Right. And Absolutely. that disappoints me. Um, you know, people, you know, they spend too, you know, homosexuality or, you know, you know, uh, insert you know problem here they focus on that and it's like look let's talk about what makes us the same 
Uh, well, I actually like our differences. So, um, I mean, I just, if the world was filled with my people of like mind with me, I, I mean, geez, there would be it's, no agitation at all to create. Like I, I want to, well, you know, I don't know. I could just go off on that right my, now. And, but my implication to that is the fact that if we focus on what makes us the same, then we have the founda- foundation to understand our differences. Yes, definitely. And that is why I say let's focus on what makes us the same. Because, you know, I'm, if I sit here and say, well, let's focus on our differences, we're not going to have any kind of clear understanding. But if we use the basis of our, our commonality as a foundation, it makes us easier to understand our differences that build into our characteristics. I, I, I agree with that. I, I'm just like more of a traveler, I suppose. And I mean that in a very large way, soul traveler, like however you want to take it. So I really like to stumble upon things that are quite different from me and, and that and just in, on the food level, you know, like I, I'll pretty much unless it's really, you know, unless you're serving me human, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be open to trying things and then make a judgment I, call from there. And that's what I mean by indifferences. And that's what I mean by case by case too. So when, when I was just off track for a second, uh, when I was homeless, um, I hunted uh, deer, uh, raccoon, possum. <laughs> oh, that's so Southern. <laughs> uh, uh, well, well, I mean, I know I was, people that love possum in the South. That is not, that's like not a meme. It's real. But, but you know, when you're homeless, you know, it's, it's a delicacy. It's, it's, a, it's yeah, a I've tried possum. I can tell you it tastes greasy and stringy. It, it's yeah. a completely, it's a completely different ballpark when you're homeless. Um, I can imagine, um, you know, I, I, but I'm proud to say I, I never begged. Um, the only thing I ever stole was like, I would steal like a sandwich from like a mini mart or something, you know? Uh, but other than that, I never stole and I never begged. That's like, you know, it's kind of, you know, but sorry. Well, those are care. That's like part of your character. So I'm wondering, did we have, have you laid out the questions, Jer? Nobody has any questions. We've all, we're all pretty good. We're good to go. Yeah, it's nobody, amazing. No one has questions for you, Gordon. After nobody, you've like thrown so much stuff out here. Nobody so likes me. Everybody loves you. Oh. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people said this is a great show. This has been a fantastic. No, no really, well, seriously, nobody's had any complaints. If they liked me, well, they, they'd have that questions. Diane person was. No, I'm kidding. They don't I, care. I did want to tell you though, it was that um, lightning the void radio. Jeru- lightning the void. That's true. Jeru- yeah, well, well, and I'll tell you, we, we're related, but we're not related. Um, there are four different factions of the Roop clan, um, and he's on the other side of it. So we're like 18th cousins, but like four times removed or some crap. I don't know. Oh, so you know it's interesting. Well, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the genealogist in my family. I, I took over doing that when my grandfather died. And I have our family going back to the 1500s. And that it, we have, I have ours is ours goes back to 1100s. Yeah, it's it's well, 
some people, man, on one they, side, I can't claim that on both sides, by the way, some people, man, they, they go and they just, you know, oh my God, it's amazing. mine has, you know, ours has on that side of my family there, they've been longtime Masons and, um, and Masons keep really great records like the Mormons. I mean, they're just really great records. So it wasn't even, uh, I think a lot of people, I can't remember. I thought it was Susanna who told me this. I think a lot of times there's a disconnect from getting, when people came to America, you know, names got changed and stuff. If you can get over the American hurdle, then there's a lot of other records going on that take you back far. Right. No, I agree. I mean, the, the easiest records that I found uh, were through, uh, were the Scottish, uh, you know, a lot of the Scottish heritage websites, mm -hmm. their records are so extensive. Oh man. It's like a genealogist wet dream. And I, I, you know, I'm interested in all that stuff. I, this one of the reasons why, I don't know if you know, Suzanne Potter Thomas, but she's, uh, we used to work together. Um, is this for real? She, well, it was her job to lure the children into the van. Oh, <laughs> dude! Oh I my God! She was a driver. Because she's, uh, she's, she's an excellent driver. You guys, <laughs> yeah, excellent driver, yeah. But she is, she is, she is like one of the best researchers I know, and um, I love talking this kind of stuff with her. It's like the genealogy and just how things can connect, especially when you start looking at historical movements. I'm totally off on the tangent here. No, um, no, we're done. I, so we're we're floundering. I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I do that to people. I, you know, the, we start off with one topic and then we end up on the complete different side of the world. And we're like, yeah, that's kind of the point of the show. Um, but I well, uh, I mean to 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 you know, to summarize the whole dream thing, I mean, I'm a very strong believer that that dreams reflect who and what you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that they, they show you things that you can't, you can't realize when you're awake. Well, I guess one of my main questions with it is, do you think that there's more to it than just it's a, a function of your brain? Oh, most definitely. There's, there's definitely more, you know, I, I think that's how, you know, you send and receive messages, so to speak. You, they may not always be cohesive because your brain can't interpret that kind of thing, so it puts it in the way it understands. So, you know, the, the, the whole metaphor is created because your brain can't interpret what is being directly sent to it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, with, with, you know, television, you need an antenna or, or, or you know. I love the antenna analogy. I think it, it holds up still. It, but it's, it's, you know, no truer words have been spoken. It's, you know, that. that oh, antenna. come on, Gordon. You've spoken truer words tonight. Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, well, I, I could tell, man, I could tell so many horrible, dirty stories about my father. Anyway. Oh um, dear, I love a dirty story. But that's for another time. <laughs> that's that should be for the hive. Well, no, you we can tell we, it this week at Synchro Night, so you can we, tell Gordon, it. have you been on the Hive Jerry's show on Fridays? Uh Saturday. we Oh, it's well, Saturdays now. We that's did a long one time. that was a, a spontaneous one, yeah. 
Jerry's always good. That's how Jerry rolls. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a, a quick, a quick story. We were at a bar, my dad and I, uh, cause we, we played pool, you know, uh, we just love play pool together. And this guy is like talking to this girl and he's bragging about how big his dick is, you know, he's of like, course. he's like, Oh baby, you can't do it. You know? And so my dad puts down his beer and he walks over and, uh, and he says, how's this? You pull out yours, and oh. I'll just and I'll just pull out enough to win. Oh my god! Oh man, Trump that—that's hilarious. It was awesome. That's <laughs> a good one. I personally want to use that. Um, <laughs> yo, that's sure. what you got. Here's my tip. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure how you would uh, that would apply to you. I no. That's why. Um, well, no, I don't have one, but or do I? Um, um, no, but I like being able to use that. It's that's hilarious. I'll probably get beat up if I actually try to do that. It's, it's you know, you go back to Crocodile Dundee. That's not a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> that's right. Before that jackass oh, got himself killed. Well, oh yeah, that was that was interesting actually. I'm, I'm in no. I mean, you know, I'm not going to sound. I don't want to sound like a jerk off here, but you know. I'm in no rush. If you guys are in no rush, I mean, you know, I uh, actually do need to wrap. Yeah, we need soon. to wrap. This, we need to wrap up. Oh, fine. That's okay. I'm sorry. It's two hour show. I got shit to do. No, no, it's, you know, <laughs> but that, I mean, it is, this has been super fun. It really easy to talk with you, Gordon. I cannot believe how much stuff you brought to the table. Yeah, There's stuff and new, literally new stuff for me to hear. I've been talking dreams of dreams a very long time. Um, I just am. Yeah. So we're going to have to pick your brain again. And, nope. and Jerry and I have some other ideas for other, other shows. We're drilling down into some NDE stuff. But we definitely have you back for that. Mm -hmm. Darcy, Darcy just said something in the chat that she's is. So just, hey, Darcy. I love my Darcy out she, there. She just said something really, really great. It, uh, she said it's all metaphor because that's our scenario. Yeah. And rock and that on, is, sister. That is, I think that is exactly what I was trying to get across. Mm -hmm. You know, it's put in terms you can understand. Yeah. And she worded it way better than I did. That's funny because it, this is funny as Darcy gets on um, on Radagast chat, and um, it's like it always seems like she, that people aren't understanding what I always understand her. See. I speak Darcy. And so, <laughs> and so yeah, I'm always right tells, there with her. I mean, half tells, of it's really great old lyrics, like rock lyrics and metal lyrics and stuff. Um, my, my wife tells people she speaks Gordonese. Yes, right? See, yeah. like you just, some people you really, you can understand. I speak typo. But I like hearing that, that you understood exactly what Darcy said. That's what I'm saying. Rock on, sister. Well, that, she worded it way better than I did. I mean, but that's what I was trying to get across. Yeah. Um, no, but okay. Well, let's see. Well, it's 945. So you guys just want to kill the 15 minutes and wrap it up? I now? actually, I cannot wait to go urinate, Gordon. This is a long time. I had like okay. two glasses of tea. Wow. That is way more information than I ever needed. I know. Right. No, we're we're no, going this is... on 245 right now. You know, this that's has what, been a long Knox Minton. That's yeah. what I meant by killing it. Did you want to kill it here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say goodbye. Yeah. I was going to wrap it up. Yeah. So, okay. So thanks, everybody, for coming. Well, I, yeah, you, I'd Gordon. like to. Yeah, go ahead. I'd pitch, like to, pitch. 
I'd like to thank everybody for showing up to listen to me babble, babble about, you know, <laughs> crap. I mean, you know, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, but, um, Jerry, um, has the link to my book site. If you don't mind, Jerry, um, it's in, uh, it'll be in the description if it's not there already. I'm pretty sure. I put it. But, uh, all of my books are available and they're all un $3 and under. Oh, wow. Uh, that's awesome. Um, I'll next month is going to be uh, uh, Joggernaut because I'm coming out with four different four new books. Um, Jeez, Gordon, you are busy. Well, it the, it takes me a long time to translate them. So, and, and you know, because trust me, eight different languages it, it takes a while. <laughs> I know. I, oh, oh my god, you are doing the translation. I, that's oh. intense. Well, I what mean, for yeah. punishment. I know you don't have an editor to do it. I get it. Well, no, I, I don't want an editor. True. Uh, you know, I want to be able to say what I want to say and, you know, tell everybody if they ain't down with that, I got two words for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. My favorite two words. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you, everyone, um, uh, for having me. Nish, thank you. Jerry, thank you. Oh, thank you, sir. Um, and I look forward to being on. Uh, in, what now is it? It's. We Eastern don't know. time. Yeah, it's Eastern time. Eastern time. Okay. And what you've got to be on the hive, definitely. Well, I'm supposed. Yeah, I'm, I'm on. I am on Saturday, right? Yeah, on Saturday. We already worked it out. He's been. He's yeah. okay, good. been on the list yeah. before he was coming on. No. Yeah. Okay. Don't scare me like that. No, <laughs> I just can't. I mean, I'm gonna tune in. I don't go to the hive very often because I'm usually busy. Well, but the synchro nights are special. I yeah. challenge. I challenge you to show up this Saturday then. Oh, look at you. <laughs> I love the challenge. Well, you called me Gordy, so technically you owe me. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. You're calling that in already. Okay. What a perfect point to say goodnight. Yes, I know. Look at where <laughs> we're still going. <laughs> no, yeah. Next week, we have this guy, Intuitive Jacob, who I know nothing about. Jacob's and awesome. He's going to be a good show. I think he's intuitive, so... We got that he's a tarot reader and music. He okay. does great music and he does he does like life readings, but he's also had the NDE near death experience and Sweet. is a prolific dreamer. Rookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's only had one, I think. <laughs> All right. So that'll be our show next week. And thanks again for joining us this week. And uh, oh, we did an interview with Off Planet Radio or Media last night. Uh, so keep an eye out for that should be posted on their channel this week. Yeah, it was fantastic. Was really Randy good. Moggins and Emily Moyer. Fantastic. Really time. Great time. So everyone look for that. And I, we hope you enjoy your evening. Good night, everybody.